Hello and thank you for listening to episode 89 of 60 Minutes With. I'm Dave, this is the entertainment show for July and August 2017. And so of course I am joined by our very own Mr. Methane. It's Chris. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't your usual um, patented triple squeaker, mate. <laughs> this is true. Um, normally, it, it's uh, it's a bit like <laughs> kind of. Um, but uh, hello, how are you? You all right? Yes, I'm all right, mate. All the better for uh, for getting on the mic with you. Definitely, yes. So, well, I've been looking forward to this all day. Well, since we said that we we're going to be doing the, the podcast, which is um, whenever it was, I've forgotten. But uh, no, there, there will be a link to what we've been, well, why we're talking about flatulence and mm. farting later on. It's seamless, isn't it? We're professionals now. Well, like you said, episode 89, bloody hell. This is it. You, you would think by now it would flow seamlessly, wouldn't you? Well, yes, just like my anus, <laughs> and it's full of gas. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> No change there, mate. No change. Have you been gassy lately? or Well, actually, I know you have because you sent me a bloody message earlier on this morning or uh, yesterday. Morning times are always good for me. That's my <laughs> that's my usual farty time is in the morning. I think it obviously like it builds up like uh, overnight. Although Tina says, oh, Tina always says to me like, oh, God, you were farting all night. You were. And I think, well, how could I have been? Because when I wake up, I've always got like at least a good one or maybe two in me so i think it stores up overnight in me i mean when's when's a good time for you to uh sort of let a few float uh it usually after i've had a meal or something like that it's, it's you know because it's sort of like it help, it forces out the food that you've had like previously and stuff like that hmm. so um but yeah morning times are good i have to say uh if i've had like you know fizzy pop and th- things like that um, I don't know. Well, see, we're spoiling our chat a bit later on about well, yeah. our farting habits. Should we we'll, come back to it? Should we come we'll back, come back to, it? to it? Just teasing the listeners a little bit. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is. Let's let's get it explained then. This is obviously for for listeners that have stuck with us for eighty nine episodes now. Thank you. Uh, yes, this, congratulations. Well yes, done. Well done. Um, this is like the usual format uh, entertainment show where we chat about you know what has entertained us and occasionally annoyed us since we last recorded, be that music, video games, television, films, etc. But we've we've added a new little wrinkle, haven't we? Oh yes. Do you want do you want to tell everybody about a little wrinkle? Go on, then. Well, <laughs> make it sound so dirty. Well, um, wrinkle, not winkle. Uh, <laughs> um, no, well, I thought, you know, I had this idea. It's great doing the entertainment shows where we can, you know, bring up things that we've we've chatted, uh, sorry, that we've watched or listened to or played or whatever, you know. Um, and there's occasions, obviously, where we've seen things that we you know we both watched the same thing you know there was a i think a few shows ago we both watched wolverine or beauty and the beast mm-hmm. uh, you know which is it's really cool um but i thought it'd be nice that if we set a little i'm not challenge but you know like we said to each other why not let's pick something that we both haven't watched and we'll watch it prior to the show and then we can talk about it because i liked i like to have something it's nice to bring recommendations and things that we've enjoyed over the month or whatever to the table and tell everybody about that but i thought it'd be nice to sort of like have a recommendation that we could both 
talk about well it might not even be a recommendation because it might be a lot of shit um <laughs> but, but it'd be nice to sort of like hear what we both think of it you know um now it was more difficult for you because you watch a hell of a lot more than i do i must admit so i kind of gave you a list of things to pick from and i think you'd watch most of the things i'd picked um and i think majority of them are going to be on netflix or amazon or you know places yeah that they're all going to be watchable aren't they somewhere get hold yeah get hold of them um so we're, we're going to this for this show we're going to do a film and you picked a documentary yes. um so we're going to have a little chat about those later on uh, but maybe later on down the line we'll expand it so it could be um something that you've seen that i haven't that you really love and you want to pass it on to me to watch and then we can chat about that next time or you know or, or, or a tv show or anything really couldn't it it's oh, like, yeah. I said, we can do what the fuck we want it's our show isn't it yes well it's your show you pay the bills so <laughs> <laughs> but it is no it's ours it's ours so we can do we can do what the hell we want yeah and yes. i think it's nice for me because sometimes i i kind of feel a bit of pressure sometimes because i don't get as much time i have to say to watch films uh and tv and stuff in general because of kiddies and life and work and all that bollocks um so it's nice for me to and sometimes when you sit down you think oh i don't know what to watch i can't be asked mm. or and it's like you know you, you turn netflix on or whatever and it's like oh fucking hell there's so much to choose from yeah. you end up watching nothing um so it's nice that you know for, for to give me a bit of structure because i like to have a bit of structure um I, I, you know i'm i'm a bit I'm a bit of a wandering, aimless person if I don't have a bit of structure to my life. So, <laughs> <laughs> so you give me that structure, Dave. Oh, which thank is, you. I'm, which I'm, is nice. I'm glad I give you a, a nice, solid structure, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, yes, I do like your solid structure. <laughs> <laughs> Shall we get... So what we're going to do then is we're going to chat like we normally do about the stuff that neither of us know what we're going to talk about. Yeah. Uh, then we're going to take a little break where we go for a wee, maybe grab a drink, um, leave something for you to listen to, and then we're going to c- come back with... Um, yeah, well, this episode, it's gonna it's a movie and a documentary, isn't it, that we both we both picked that neither of us had seen. Yes. Mm-mm. Yes. Very imp- interested to sit, hear your thoughts and see what you thought about what we'd watched. Mm, yeah, me too. Mm. Right. Um, I want to... I always like to get the video game stuff out of the way, and like I always say, if you're interested in video games... Sure. And again, if you're listening to us, you must listen to the same coin with Chris and Ben and Dits and Adam. Uh, and if you don't, go and subscribe now. Um, but I'll, the only time, like I say, when I mention video games is when I've completed them. I've completed three video games since we last talked. Oh. Yeah. Oh. I completed one about an hour and a half before we started recording as well. Oh. Oh. Yeah. So it's, it's still really fresh. It's a fresh completion that I've got. Um, it was Danger Zone that I completed earlier. Uh, by, oh, right. Yeah, Three Fields Entertainment made it, made from uh, the team that were behind Burnout. Criter- yes, so it, Criterion. That's, is it Burnout, uh, not Paradise? The, although they did do that, but the, I think it's because it's ones. more it's, it's a crash mode, it isn't is, it? Like, it, is basic, it is crash mode from Burnout. Um, so, yeah, go on, explain what that is. For, for people who don't know what crash mode is. Yes, for the, for the Chris O'Regans, for the same coin <laughs> listeners, we'll get that reference. Uh, yeah, you basically, you're driving a car and it sets you in different scenarios. There's all these different road junctions, etc. And the aim, I was going to say the aim of the game. Paul Brucey died, didn't he, about like two hours before he recorded. I know. And I just yeah. said the aim of the game then, it just reminded me. Oh, <laughs> rip Brucey. Blue, Blue C? Blue C. 
Park Blues. He was he was the Chinese uh, cousin. <laughs> Oh, oh. Yeah. nice we'll see you nice. <laughs> they both died today How, what a coincidence <laughs> I tell you what I, on, um, on Challenge TV um, which is for people who don't know it probably outside the UK is a is a free channel that uh, like a free view channel basically and uh, it is wall to wall from day to night constant 24 hours of old game shows yeah uh, you know from a show called bullseye uh, that used to be on in the 80s and 90s i believe <laughs> uh which i used to watch i must admit it was a sunday tea time watching wasn't it bullseye oh yeah uh, always gave away speed boats oh god yes you know um but uh, yeah and and things like that and then more modern ones um oh which i can't fucking think of obviously because i've just mentioned it but the price uh, is right what's the one with play your to- cards right well, yeah, I mean, that, they're um, still old ones, but what's the one with Alexander Armstrong and, uh, you know... That's, oh, that's on pointless. every day, yeah, pointless. Pointless, yeah. and then the one with uh, on ITV. I'm doing really well at describing these, but I can't think of the fucking ones. Uh, <laughs> where they've got the chase. That chase, that's it there, I was going to say. Yeah. Well, the, the one with the chaser. It's called the chase. Anyway, um, but so they've got all that on, and, you know, it's... I, mean, I think they've even got the crystal maze on. They have fucking gladiators on, for God's sake. They have Bloody all hell. sorts. They have all sorts on that. Um, but they have prices right uh, on and play your cards right, which are all game shows that Bruce Forsyth used to uh, present. Well, anyway, the Dolly Dealers were always um, <laughs> something that I used to like, like to look at when I was, a, 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 well, younger, shall we say. When, when they, these, uh, the hormones are kicking in and all these kind of testosterone and, you know, you're getting urges um, around your, your your nether regions and everything. Because um, the, the, the dolly dealers would always wear, you know, dresses and stuff like that. And they're all gl- glamorous. But anyway, the play your cards right. Um, that's almost pornographic compared to that. Because I was watching that the other day. It happened to be on. The, the, the peep, I mean, it's hilarious to watch them. But whenever they announce the prizes, they'll have either a bloke or a woman. And they'd sort of like, let's say it's a CD player. Or uh, this is how old it is. They were giving away a Nintendo 64, so that would have been <laughs> 1997, 6, 96, 97. Well, anyway, the way that they kind of caress the the items that they're they're oh, selling, yeah. they, and they had a like a, a stereo which with a tape deck. I mean, that's again showing you how old it was. And they'd press the button so that you could slow, <laughs> you know, or the CD, uh, you know, th- uh, thing at the top of the the kind of. Um, stereo and they press the button and they go ooh, and all the crowd would be going ooh, <laughs> and it's so funny to watch it now but anyway all the women are well they're, they're dressed with lo- very low cut tops on and dresses up to their asses do you know what i mean or down to you know what i mean it's sort of like it's like a big belt. right up there yeah basically what they're wearing and i was i was thinking no wonder i used to enjoy watching this fucking program because you know as a kid you wouldn't watch um game show like that but and now it occurred to me because all the women were so fucking tasty and i was like probably a horny teenager um so i'd be there thinking oh oh, i'm gonna be thinking about you later on (laughs) (laughs) god forbid there'd be any sort of phallic shaped prize that they'd probably stroke with both hands that'd be it that'd be your tipping point then i even used to record it when it was on (laughs) (laughs) i know what bits where the tracking would go the amount of times you paused it and rewound and paused it 
if there was a particularly nice lady on, I'd be, oh my God, it was amazing. Yeah. So, yeah, oh God, it's so funny thinking about that. And, you know, Bruce Forsyth was, well, he was, uh, I suppose, a national treasure, treasure you'd describe him as, yeah, you know. definitely. Yeah, definitely. In this country. Yeah. And um, surprisingly, one of the stars of the 60s and 70s that didn't come out as a paedophile, which um, is, is a bonus, I guess, a Brucey bonus. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it was accused of any kind of uh, yeah, definitely in this sexual, day and age, that's for sure. Sexual impropriety, uh, you know. So. Yeah, <laughs> one of the few BBC stars of the seventies that uh, had a clean record, which is always good. But uh, anyway, yeah, uh, well, he married uh, a Miss World. Uh, he did, yeah. He was a lot was older she, as well, wasn't he? Was she a contestant, or was she? Did she actually win it? I don't know. But uh, I'm not sure off the top of my head. So yeah, yeah, you know, and and well, he was. I always think of him as well uh, from Spitting Image because uh, you know they sort of always rip the piss out of him on that, wouldn't they? You know, oh with, God, yeah. With his chin, you know. <laughs> good game, good game. Oh, you know. and when he got his wig as well. Oh God, yeah. <laughs> oh dear. But anyway, our, and, and then you know he used to be on Strictly Come Dancing, which I watch again for the ladies. For so the nothing lady. changes. Nothing. Uh, <laughs> he's. <laughs> just like he seems to be your sort of um visual pimp does brucey <laughs> what are you gonna do from now on oh god yeah he's brought me many happy memories oh <laughs> brucey oh, oh. Anyway. On. you're gonna crack one off in his memory later oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, not thinking about brucey I'm... No. <laughs> um where was i Sorry, where were you? I don't yes. know. I was crashing cars. That was it. Oh, yes, 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 yes. How the fuck did we get to that? So fucking... I don't know. To you, wanking to game shows of the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> All roads lead to that, no matter what we start talking about. Well, if it's usually me talking, then it does lead to wanking of some <laughs> variety. Oh. <laughs> so... Um... I can't follow that, really. This is all going to be downhill from now on. It's, it was, yeah, you're crashing cars, basically, at all these different junctions. And, yeah, that's how we got there. The aim of the game is to crash into as many cars as you can. And there's different power-ups you can get. You can get um, little icons that you can steer your car into that will give you extra money. There's another ones um, that you can press and your car explodes. And when your car explodes, it flies up into the air. You can move your left stick and you can steer yourself when you're in the air, steering yourself either into other traffic or into other bonuses that you can pick up. And it's it's like a puzzle game in a way because you've got all these different um, intersecting junctions with all the traffic going. And the traffic starts at different times on different roads. So you've got to figure out, well, if I go to that junction, then traffic's there and then I'll blow up and I'll sort of move myself over here where there's a bonus and wait for the traffic to start and maybe it'll start over there. It's one of those you've got to keep replaying each level. Hmm. And, and suss out the lie of the land and i forget how much it, it, was, it was a cheap game you know it wasn't it wasn't expensive by any means you know um it was under 20 quid definitely when i picked it up and i've definitely got my money out of it money's worth out of it it was you know and it, because i enjoyed crash mode in burnout anyway uh some got a little bit frustrating but not to the point where you wanted to throw your controller in the air it was it was that challenging oh and you know where you've gone wrong and you know where you've got to go so yeah, I enjoyed I enjoyed that. Completed that today. Because um, you, I think you quite like that dangerous golf, didn't you? Or you had it? Yeah, that was all right. Yeah, because we played it when you were over here one time, didn't we? Yeah. 
See, I've, I never really liked the bur- the crash mode. I must admit, or the, mm. in in Burnout, I'm, I didn't play it that much. But it was, I think it was Burnout Revenge, wasn't it? If um, yeah, I remember rightly. But anyway, yeah, it just it seemed a bit, a bit of a one trick pony for me. It was like okay, it's fun for ten minutes, and then I kind of yeah, I can't be bothered anymore with this. So, but yeah, I mean, it's I've heard decent things from it. I think mm. it's um, quite liked it when he played it so um but yeah i'm glad you enjoyed it anyway yeah, it was so. good it was good yeah uh one of the other ones i completed is firewatch oh mm, a first person well it's described as a first person mystery thriller um it's sort of a first person walkabout um where you play henry who's a national forest lookout you know he, he's looking out for fires in the forest and He's got his supervisor, Delilah, and you're always in constant communication with Delilah via walkie-talkies, and things happen. You know, it's one of those sort of interactive stories, much like the, the Telltale games, you know, with Walking Dead and those kind. But you do more walking about, and I think that that's what sort of got me almost bored with it you do a lot of backtracking back into mm. the actual mechanics of walking along and how you've got to climb up and climb down rocks did get somewhat repetitive uh, and it was only thanks to the engaging storyline that it kept me going right to the end if the storyline didn't hook me as much as it had done i'd have given up on it to be honest yeah but it was that i didn't enjoy the gameplay but i enjoyed the story yeah and and it's not a long game again, much like Danger Zone. So you know, if you stick with it, you, you know you're not locked into it for like forty hours or something, something no, stupid. No, it, it, it's two or three hours. Two, well, three to four hours. I'll yeah, probably say. I think about, um, maybe about four. I think. Yeah, um, I mean, this was one of my favourite games of last year. It was in my top. Uh, it was it was actually num- number placed it as number four. Mm. Uh, yeah, I really liked it. I mean, I I played it in one sitting. To be quite honest with you, I, I just uh, yeah I. I kind of got hooked i, I loved uh, the opening segment uh that explains the situation between yeah, yeah. henry and what you know why he's made the decision to become like this kind of park ranger um and to get away from everything uh, i love the way that all played out um but yeah i mean it, you know it, it generally speaking i really really enjoyed it uh, like you said i think it was more to do with the the interaction between uh, him and Delilah, you know, very well voice acted. I thought. Oh, it was, definitely, yeah. Yeah, you know, and you kind of gave a shit about the characters. I think there was a lot of criticism about the game, the way it ended, and because people expected there to be a a a big mm. kind of who done it plot yeah. twist thingy, and and it just kind of ends, doesn't it? Really, and not without you know, not saying too much, but it you know, and it, and people were like, oh, is that it? But to me, it just it ended naturally and and it kind of you know not every not every game or every story or every film or whatever it has to be you are the hero you know he's just a bloke Mm. at the end of the day you know and some stuff happened like it would to you i guess like you know on your way to work or on my way to work throughout the day you think oh well that that was kind of interesting but that's it it's just another day isn't it there's no big yeah there's no big payoff at the end is there yeah, you know, so but I can see why people would uh, get, yeah. get criticise it, but I, you know, I quite liked it. So yeah, like I said, this, the story was really good, um, and again, I think was it a PS Plus game? I think, or did I, or I could have picked it up cheap in the sale. I can't remember which one that was. Maybe I, I'm not. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Yeah. But uh, but there you go. Yeah, 
Very good. And the third one that I completed is a game that um, you put a great review on our website about, which was Lego Ooh. City Undercover. Oh. Oh, my God, mate. I, this was my favourite of the three. <laughs> my favourite Lego game as well, and I've played loads of them. Oh, I great. Mean, yeah, the world that you're in. I mean, people that listen to this that play video games are obviously familiar with them. Um, and a few little extras to it with not just smashing up and getting the studs there's a few extra things you can do but it was just the world that it puts you in and the movie references mate it was like there's like a starsky and hutch reference that you put in your review um which when i came across it, i was just like pissing myself laughing at it and the uh, dirty harry things going on and you can just wander around and it really does pay off that you know don't do any fast traveling or jumping in cars i was walking everywhere mostly because you could guarantee you'd only walk a couple of minutes and something would happen or you'd see something and you'd want to go and investigate it it's again one of those games value for money it's like if you get lego city undercover it's just <laughs> it it's one of the best ever for value for money and yeah. i completed it i think you said if memory serves me right you completed it with a 24% completion rate um and I wasn't much more over you. I think I completed it with 28. Because after reading your review, I thought, well, I'm going to make a point of going and doing loads of side things. and trying. That was my sort of quest, was to beat your completion rate by the time I finished the story. And I'd done so much, and I thought, oh, it must be like about 50% or something. And it was like 28. It was yeah. like, holy shit, there's so much to do. There's a lot to that game, isn't yeah. there? Yeah. Yeah, there's loads. Oh, I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yeah, I, I really liked it as well. It's one of my favourites of the Lego games. Um, so much to do, you know what I mean? It's uh, Yeah, it's cool. Um, I'm playing through Marvel superheroes um, with my daughter on uh, at the moment. We play, you know, it's going to take us ages to complete it. but uh, And that's a good one as well. But it kind of reminds me of Lego City Undercover because it, within the, 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 if you like, the sort of linear levels, there's an open world um, based on New York to explore where... Uh, so and, and Lego City Undercover is a bit like that, but it's you know it's it's general Lego rather than superheroes, isn't it? So yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, there is a good re well, I say good. Well, there's a review on our website, uh, and so we've, yeah, check that out as well. I think you can probably get it cheap these days. Yeah, so. you probably can do by now. Cool. Uh, yeah, so that's me for for video game stuff. Like I said, unless you've got anything, Chris, I would. I always pass people over to the same coin. Well, thank you. I, well, one I'll mention very briefly because uh, I, I started it, uh, played about an hour and a half of it. From what I understand, it's only a three to four hour game, which is a, a positive thing in my eyes because uh, not every game needs to be, you know, 40 hours. Yeah. Um, and it's called Little Nightmares. Have you heard Ooh, of this one? Yeah. Yeah, I have heard of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's um, it's a puzzle platform horror adventure game is how it's described and it's kind of it reminds me and it reminded me initially of uh, games like limbo or inside um have you played those where it's uh, again yeah, completed limbo yeah yeah, they're very similar in as much as, you know, simplistic gameplay, I guess, to a certain extent. But it's a, a platforming puzzler um, with, I mean, you know, kind of limbo 
although it's i think it's got quite horrific elements to it you know that particularly as you're playing as a little child and gets killed and and murdered in horrible ways you know it's it's not a nice thing to see but um and little nightmares is kind of similar except it's a bit more fantastical um so but you play as a well you don't know if it's a boy or a girl but it's a little person um in a yellow kind of raincoat you never see the face so you don't know if it's a boy or a girl but in my head it's a little girl Mm -hmm. um and it, it the, the you don't know exactly what's going on you just kind of wake up and it's it's you you feel it's set on a boat or something nautical because there's lots of water there's lots of chains clanking there's lots of metal and that kind of thing and it's almost a bit like land of the giants because you are tiny and everything around you like the tables and chairs um are a lot bigger than you are and you've got a lighter and you can run and jump and you can slide and and stuff like that and but essentially you're just exploring this um this place and when i say it's like limbo and it's kind of like you pretty much just move to the right um but then as the game opens up you kind of you do have to backtrack on yourself a little bit not much but Mm -hmm. a little bit um the difference between this and Limbo is Limbo was kind of like a 2.5D, but it was set on one plane, so you couldn't move in and out the screen, whereas this is you can move forwards and backwards as well as left and right, uh, which I have to say adds a little bit of frustration uh, because there's times where you can't exactly see where your feet are when you cl- you know, you're know walking across like quite a, a slim platform and you sometimes fall off. Um, but yeah, so then you're... Um, kind of trying to escape this thing Mm. but there are like big giant people walking around who look really horrible and and horrific and scary it's got a really dark horrible tone to it um and it's really unsettling to play i have to say kind of it puts you on edge um because these these things they're just like well to describe one of them he he's uh got really long arms but he's got really short legs and he's got a really (laughs) sort of like you know little neck um but if they see you or smell you they will run after you and grab you and that's it game over and it's kind of like limbo and inside because it's uh it's one hit kill you know essentially you if if they catch you or if you die that's it uh you start again one of the criticisms i've got of the game is the checkpoints um are a bit um all over the place some if you die because it's one of those games where it's try and see what happens and if you die you do something different and then if you die do you know what i mean it's kind of like um you know you inevitably will die quite a lot um the loading times are quite long as well for a game like this you know you're talking five to ten seconds uh, which right. doesn't sound doesn't sound a lot but if you're dying a lot it's just a lot of time sitting looking at a black black screen um whereas with limbo and inside you literally die and you're you're back in the game yeah. like one second or two seconds later and it just you know it's a little bit if they'd shorten the, those loading times it'd be better like i said checkpointing system's not great because if you, you do you're playing for say five minutes and you die you could end up being back right at the start of where you first started rather than just before where you died which is a bit annoying um but overall i think they've they've really done a great job in terms of the the um the atmosphere and the tone and it's almost weird because the the characters 
they they look they feel and look a bit stop motiony. There's sort of like a bit of a judder to the way that they walk and move that kind of reminds me of, you know, like Harry Hose and stuff where they kind of it's a bit jerky and a bit stop start and yeah. the way that these creatures move and everything. And there's just some really unsettling imagery. You don't know what's going on. Like there's there's these kind of um these giant chef like characters and they're cutting up meat and making sausages, but you're not sure where the meat's coming from and there's like what look like bodies hanging up and there's loads of that sounds weird but there's like there's a bit where you find loads of shoes and you don't know well where the fuck have all these shoes come from and you know and it kind of reminded me of um listening to uh the adventures of alfred hitchcock that um the, the secret history of hollywood episode where that the, the, he's describing the allied soldiers going into auschwitz for the first time and going into these huge warehouses filled with glasses um that the the germans had taken off the jews and had just stockpiled you know and and you know uh, and hair and stuff like that you know human hair and it kind of reminded me of all that because you think where the fuck has all this come from mm. you know it's a really intriguing game that lacks a little bit of polish that that inside and limbo i thought for a quite a small team had and i think this is a fairly small team uh tarsia studios who uh did tear away unfolded i think on the playstation 4 um little big planet 3 um little big planet v on the vita um they did some work on that so i having played a little bit of little big planet on the vita and i can kind of see where the 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 platforming is not the greatest element of those games it's a little bit floaty so but the concept and the idea outweighs the slightly you know kind of negative yeah. Uh, things I've got in terms of the gameplay and everything, but uh, yeah, generally speaking, it's really good, really enjoyable. So I'm I'm kind of going through that. Uh, just as soon as you've done it, I'll go through the games that I think I, I can't remember if I mentioned uh, that I I finished, but I finished Mad Max. Um, oh yeah, I, w- I got way into that. And yeah, then you, you I like to go back you? to it. Yeah, I loved it. Yeah, yeah, it's very good. Really enjoyed it. A bit repetitive, but generally speaking, hmm. a good. Um, 20 hour game you know uh there was more i could have done with the game but i did, did yeah. the story and i was happy with that uh pretty good story actually um i, I have to say yeah. um quite a, a good ending as well i found um trials of the blood dragon uh which not very good i have to say not a great game it's quite it's based on the trials games where it's like a side on you like a little motocross uh, bike but they try and add up these extra elements and if you ever played blood dragon which is a far yeah. cry game um there's a bit of a michael bean cameo and it, you know it's it's like it's not a great game i have to say <laughs> um and that was it really call of duty modern warfare 2 I, I replayed recently and finished that so but yeah i'm i'm currently on i think i've finished 28 games since last wow. november so although i said i've got no time to do things obviously i'm finding <laughs> yeah. time to do some things so but yeah a lot of that is staying up till four in the morning and then feel, feeling yeah. fucked the it next makes day. a difference though doesn't it you know when you're concentrating on one game at a time and you go yeah. i'm sticking with this until the finish here or maybe flip-flopping between two and not juggling like about 30 at a time <laughs> and exactly. not completing any of them yeah, totally. It's just focusing on what you got. I have to quick mention to uh, on the Nintendo Switch uh, Splatoon Two, which I'd never played Splatoon on the Wii U, um, and this is a third-person um, kind of 
shooter if you like except it's nintendo you know and so yeah. there's no there's no violence there's no gore or people getting killed although you shoot uh, other characters you're shooting them with paint and you know what i mean so the the aim of this game is to literally you've got different types of guns or paint cans or umbrellas that you can fling paint around the maps and it that it's who who can cover the map with the most paint um wins and i think the the levels are uh, online are usually three three or four minutes long that they, they, they just fly by them might be five minutes i don't know but it's, it's <laughs> over before you know so much fun it's a fucking great game it's um, you, you know you can play it for 10 minutes or you can play it for three hours and it just it no, kind of good. just re- reminds me of when i played um call of duty 4 for the first time and think you know online and you it, it you know you, you can spend hours playing it's a really really fun game another great game for the the switch um so yeah, and being able to play, take it away with you, and then play it docked mm-hmm. when, you, when you know on the big screen, it's awesome. A really, really good game. So yeah, there you go. Nice one. I know that switch is tempting. <laughs> it's a, it's a, it is a good uh, piece of kit. I have to say, I, I can imagine that at some point, probably possibly next year, they're going to do a revision of it because there's yeah. there's talk already about. Um, them bending and then there was that issue with the joy cons which are the little controllers not syncing properly which i think is all sorted now but i can imagine that there's going to be a slight revision to make it maybe a little bit more robust um but generally speaking i love it i think it's a it's a cracking console it just it's if people love the vita it's become the it's like the vita 2.0 yeah exactly yeah i think if i got one i'd use it mostly like away from home and you know undocked would be the main. The main That's how way I play it. I, I hardly ever play it on the big screen. It to me, it's a handheld rather yeah. than a, you know, anything else. So, mm. but there you go. Well, wow, we did uh, cover quite a bit of video game stuff there, didn't we? Really, we did. Yes. Mm. Now I know. Normally, like we, now, we've got the sound check shows where that sort of covers most of the music stuff. I have got something that Tina has wanted me to flag up for everybody that listens, though. Oh. Um, and it's Neil Finn. He of Crowded House. Yes. Yeah, now he's currently, I mean, because Tina's a big um, Neil Finn fan, well, and Crowded House fan. Um, he's recording his latest album live every week. He's doing it live on YouTube. Oh, now, right. okay. So he's on the other side of the world of us, of course. So it works out for UK and wherever you are listening to us. You can work out for yourself what time is it where you live. Um, it's 8 a.m., every friday so we're recording this now it's friday the 18th and this is week three that he's been recording his album you go to youtube and you can watch it it's all streamed live from there and i'm led to believe that next friday is the final friday that's going to do it so hopefully you've listened to this episode in time that you'll at least get to see the final session that he does and he's got guests that come in to the studio and record with him and you see him there and he's chatting with them and you see them recording the songs and i thought you know, that's a quite innovative way of recording an album really and getting yeah interest in it that you can just watch it live streamed on youtube so yeah if, if you're a neil finn fan um well you probably already know about it but if you don't uh make sure you get onto youtube for next friday Fantastic. Mm. That sounds really, like you say, that's really interesting. I've never heard that before. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure when the album's out, um, but 
it'd be good if you know and again this is you know you say the the music industry is dead release the album release you know dvd blu-ray of all these sessions that have been streamed live on youtube and stuff that wasn't streamed live behind the scenes and package it all together and sell it like that that's you know i think you've got to you've really got to change the way that you you market what you sell to get money within the music industry now haven't you mm, definitely so, yeah that's a really good way so oh and music obviously you did your soundcheck show on moby was the last one that went up oh yes which yes. i was amazed about i messaged you about it because and like you say i was one of those people that thought oh yeah moby it was that one album and that's his type of music i was not expecting the music that you put into it mate, oh. at all which was amazing and i did i did quite enjoy it Yes, it's uh, it's. I mean, I listen back to it myself, and I, I listen to the album. Obviously, it is very shouty, and I think, mm. like I said, that a lot enjoyed it. But it's not an album I'll probably listen to, you know, very often because, yeah, you know yourself as you get to a certain age, you kind of mellow a little bit, and you know, I, I, I just there's there's times and places for the shouty music and and i think maybe i've just kind of moved away from it a little bit you know uh but no it's, it's good to go back to it i was and i loved your uh interview show uh with the the, the boys from the dust coder they were great yeah they've got a new uh, single out on that, monday that song, that, song that you played was fantastic oh yeah they're really like i said i'm, I'm so lucky that you got access to the full album so weakness is the single the next single that's coming i think that's monday next week is a cracking one um yeah but like i said they're all they're all really good and this is one of the things you know about these soundcheck shows is not only like us and again with me suddenly going oh my god i didn't know moby did that but it's the stories that you tell about it as well and all the personal stuff which i find really interesting yeah um but then it's like these interview shows as well and discovering new bands and sort of you know like i said reinvigorating my love for music as well and going well yeah. no it's not you know music industry isn't dead there's people out there that are keeping it going and no matter what type of music you like you know there are bands out there that they're playing that type of music you've just got to go hunting for them so hopefully these soundcheck shows you know are going to help people discover these bands and give the bands you know a bit more you know a, 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 another platform to get the name out there really definitely and it's it's amazing how uh like i said we said you you associate music with certain times in your life and the yeah. stories you know behind the album and stuff like that so but yeah i'm totally agree with you i mean uh, you know i would have, d have discovered bands like bigfoot or the discoder um you know if, if you hadn't have done shows with them or through hard rock hell yeah you know and and it just it, it did kind of it kind of i felt like a, not ashamed but a little bit sad the fact that you know it's almost like you did just they're going unnoticed or it appears that they are going unnoticed because there's some fucking great music coming out of this country oh, you know yeah. but it doesn't seem to be spoken about not not in the play i mean again maybe it, it probably is but i you know it should be a bit more celebrated than it than it is you know um and it's a shame because you go back to sort of like the I, for me anyway the, the mid 90s and maybe it was because i'd probably got my finger on the pulse a bit more when, when it came to music but it seemed to be like with top of the pops there were loads of british bands constantly yeah, on you know yeah. but these days i mean not top, top of the pops doesn't exist anymore but you know and, and it's just you don't tend to hear about it so much do you no not so. at all not at all so yeah we're doing our bit mate definitely yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
So that, that of course leads us on to like movies and television. So go on, oh. what, what have you got? What are you gonna unload into our ears? What have you got? Um, well, to be honest, I've kind of, um, I've been again. It's been in one of those. I've I've had a bit of a, an eclectic taste, uh, not taste. Sorry, eclectic um, month, shall we say? Uh, mm. Where I've watched some stuff that I, you know, comfort stuff. You know what I mean? Sometimes yeah. I feel I, I, when I can't be asked to watch something new i know it sounds really bad but because i've been trawling like netflix and stuff and been adding things to my list and everything like and that train to busan was on there oh, and yeah. i know how good you said that oh, was. i love it I, love it yeah just i was in that mood where i thought i really don't want to watch something brand new it's yeah. like and that's I know, the thing though isn't it you've got to be in the mood and it's yeah it's like you've said that one of one of the downsides i guess to netflix and we've all done it. You know, you sat there and you're, and you're flicking through. And the next thing you know, it's like 30, 45 minutes later, you still haven't picked something. And you're thinking, I've got not, I've not got enough time now to watch something before I've got to go to bed. <laughs> it's yeah. like all you've done is flick through stuff. Yeah. Uh, you know, and so it's, uh, you, you kind of, anyway, you, I've, I've, so I, I ended up watching um, Eraser with Arnie. Uh, from oh, wow. I haven't seen 1996. 1996 and uh, I went to the cinema to watch this because this was Arnie's big comeback mm. after he'd had heart surgery uh, it stars Arnie uh, and Vanessa Williams James Kahn um, and, and it, well I mean it's a daft story to be honest basically he's a, a US Marshal and uh, he makes people disappear you know in a good way you know he kind of uh, if people become government witnesses or things like that and they're under threat he'll give them new identities and you know it, it, it's all about that bollocks and you know it, you can tell from the the, the off that James Kahn is the bad guy because <laughs> and, and he, he's I mean James James Kahn's a great actor but he really chews the fucking scenery in this you know it's even at one point it's it's like he's kind of winking at you know the camera uh you know uh it's so funny to watch him and you can tell he's having fun I guess but uh James Coburn's in it as well I love you know I always love watching oh, James yeah, Coburn. great got a great voice uh and uh but anyway it's it's it was daft fun i kind of you know had fun with it going back and watching it's not arnie's one of it arnie's best films mm. i have to say and i, I think because after this i mean he 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 had lots of comebacks i guess didn't he and he made he lots did, of yeah. films but they all kind of big well they're all very middling to crap i felt <laughs> i don't know about you but i mean what did he had that was it collateral damage um, yeah that kind of happened and that that had a bit of controversy because mm. it, it happened around the time of 9-11 and uh you know because he plays a i think a fireman who uh, well there's terrorists and there's buildings so anything terrorist related uh you know kind of w was under the spotlight um was it the sixth day which again was like you know mm. All about clones yeah, and mediocre, meh. You know what I mean? There's, yeah. he, he just made a lot of meh, and then he kind of he went away, and then he had a, more of a comeback um, with Escape Plan, and what was the one where is the sheriff? Um, more recently, I'm trying to think now while people scream at the MP3 uh, players and Sabotage. Uh, oh, I love Sabotage. I think that's yeah, I really that, do enjoy that. That's like a, a proper old school Arnie film, yeah. where you know what I mean, not violent and you know where he's just shooting things and stuff like that um so yeah it, it it i think after that point you know from true lies onwards i think he kind of his career i would say it was on the slide he's always he's always watchable but it's like 
nah. You know what I mean? There was, mm. It was just a bit of meh. And maybe it was just because I'd got a bit older and I just kind of, you know. I think it's because they had. It was that, you know, that time of like with him and Sly, wasn't it? And the 80s particularly had gone. And, you know, they always sort of, they were holding up a mirror to the times and those times had gone and people mm. had moved on and got older and so on. And, yeah, they were... They were really, both of them were obviously so associated with like you know the eighties action movies, and they like ruled the roost, didn't they? That you know there was no two bigger stars than them. Yeah. And then once that time had gone, it was difficult for them to slot into the way that times were changing and, and movies were changing, and like I said they're getting older as well. It's difficult, isn't it? Yeah, but uh, so I went back and watched another one of Arnie's. Um, you can tell where I'm going with this. Like I said, it's kind of those. These are my com- <laughs> comfort films, films from the 80s uh, and and sort of like early 90s, I guess. Uh, more comfort films for me, you know, because yeah. I've seen them so many times. But uh, you know, I can still watch. I do the them. same. I do the same, mate. Uh, but I watched Red Heat, um, and with Arnie and James Belushi. See, that's um, always that's always a meh one for me. Is it? Yeah, it is. Yeah. I can kind of see why, uh, but I can also, because it's directed by Walter Hill, having, you know... That's a plus, yeah. It's it kind of, it's a bit like 48 Hours, but with Arnie and James Belushi in some respects. Uh, You know, Arnie's a Russian cop uh, and he comes to America and he's partnered up with James Belushi. So there's a mishmash there. And because it was set in the eighties, there was all the, you know, the kind of the communist stuff going on mm-hmm. and all that, you know, uh, Gorbachev, Ronald Reagan and all, all that kind of, you know what I mean? Mistrust of, of the reds and all that, all that. Yeah. Uh, and so, and it's about them, you know, kind of thrown together to, to uh, find this Russian gangster who's fled to America after killing Arnie's partner. Um, and you you know it's the sort of like the similarities you know for me uh, to um 48 hours go back to so you got Brian James in it who was in 48 hours the main bad guy who's uh, Victor Rostov uh, he's played by Edo Ross who was in uh 48 hours as well uh, but also the music um because Oh, I've got I've got got it up in front of me. Get, let me get to the full cast. Bear with me. <laughs> but um, I don't know about you, but I mean, I, I, I don't get me wrong. I'm not like um, uh, a connoisseur of, of scores or soundtracks or anything hmm. else. But I do have a, an ear for certain people like Michael Kamen. I think you can tell. I mean, he's passed away, sadly, now. But you can tell James Horner, um, Hans Zimmer. I think you can tell when, when they score certain yeah. films because they all have a certain sound uh, to them. Um, and this was scored by James Horner, who scored 48 Hours and, you know, uh, Commando. And he he got a very um, distinctive style. Lots of, uh, what do you call those uh, drums, the uh, Caribbean drums, you know. The, Calypso drums. Yeah, that kind of, you know, and it, 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 there's, there's always that sort of um, style to, to his... Um, you know, to his scores. So anyway, that, uh, that's kind of like the old stuff. Then I went back to Fatal Beauty. Have you ever watched that one with uh, Whoopi Goldberg and Sam Elliott? I don't know. It's not ringing any bells. Oh, right, okay. It, again, it's another possibly little known, because I think it flopped in America from what I've read. Yeah. Um, it, and it's described as the female Beverly Hills cop, because... Um, for, uh, Whoopi Goldberg uh, plays this kind of sassy, you know, 
um, cop, if you like, kind of wisecracking cop. And um, there's a uh, she's got this investigation going on about drugs and everything else. And um, I mean, the story's you know, it's a typical kind of cop thing. Sam Elliott's in it, who um, I always love watching Sam Elliott. Yeah particularly in the sort of like 80s and uh, early 90s. <laughs> He's like a proper man's man, isn't he? Oh, yeah, I still love watching him now because he was in um, Justified, the, uh, one of the series of Justified, uh, which I know Jerry loves. Hello, Jerry from Bad Cop, Bad Cop. Uh, you know, and it, so he's it, always a very watchable um, actor in the Big Lebowski as well. I've got to mention that, otherwise Jerry will shout at me uh, <laughs> like he did last time. Uh, but yeah, I mean, so... It's not a great film. It's got Brad Dourif in it, uh, which I was taken, had the piss taken out of me. I know. I was listening to the latest Same Coin and them taking the piss out of you. And I was going, surely you know who Brad Dourif is. He's a fucking great actor. Yeah. You know, um, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, Lord of the Rings, um, to name a few, Chucky. Uh, do you know what I mean? It's sort of, <laughs> it, you know, Exorcist 3. Uh, there's, there's loads of stuff that Brad Dourif's been in. Um but this film was directed by Tom Holland, who uh, directed Fright Night in mm. 1985 and then went on to direct uh, Child's Play. So he had a bit of a, an interesting career earlier on because he did Fright Night, which I think is a fucking great film. And Tina wrote a great review of it on the website. Yeah, um, and on a, on a little side note, the next um, Wales Comic Con up here in North Wales is, oh, I think it's at the beginning of December. Chris Sarandon's here. Oh, no way. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Mm. I yeah I, I really like Chris Sarandon because he was in Fright Night where he played the um, the vampire whose name I forget, uh, but he also was in the Princess Bride, mm-hmm. um, which is fantastic. He always plays really great villainous characters, <laughs> doesn't he? But he's got that sexual appeal, I think, too. You know what I mean? He's because uh, he's a good-looking guy. Um, but uh, yeah, so he did that, and then according to IMDb, his follow-up film was Fatal Beauty uh, in 1987, and then he followed that up with Child's Play. So mm. I suppose you could argue that he's he's kind of his um, you know bread and butter is our horror films. So this is a strange film for him to direct, I have to say, because uh, it's like this kind of like action kind of cop um, yeah. thriller. Yeah worth checking out i like i said it's very 80s uh it's got Whoopi goldberg in it um and there i read that there was a scene that was taken out where her and sam elliott have sex now <laughs> it was taken out that's enough to to make me shudder i have to say uh, would you, would thought, you not want some Whoopi with Whoopi then no. the, the thought of Whoopi goldberg having sex just does nothing for me <laughs> at all um fucking hell uh Oh, God. Typically, we Sam Elliott, for Christ's sake. I mean, you know, come on, you could do so much better. Um, <laughs> but, Would you get more turned on by seeing Sam Elliott naked? Then? I think I think I'd probably be more turned on watching Sam Elliott bang Chris Sarandon, to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah. um, but no, I, I, there's a suggestion in the film that they do, um, you know, because kind of he's in her apartment and then the next thing you know, she's getting out of the shower and he's disappeared. Uh, and so you're thinking, yeah, he's fucked her. But it's like, Oh, God, Sam, come on. <laughs> Jesus. This is at the height of your sexuality, you know, your popularity. He's gone, come on, you could do so much better. <laughs> but no, he was, he, I loved him in Mask because he was in that, wasn't he? He's kind of like the biker yeah, that's great uh, boyfriend to Cher. And uh, obviously, the pinnacle for me, Sam Elliott, is Roadhouse. Oh, but, most definitely. You know, he's fucking awesome in that. And he's got that look about him. He's so good. Uh, but yeah, anyway, so. 
those are some of the comfort films I've watched. In terms of, um, well, I haven't watched any anything modern other than the pick that we've we've watched. Mm. I have gone back as um, following our interview and listening to Adam from the Secret History of Hollywood and Attaboy Clarence. Mm, great show, great show that was. Thank you. Um, I've watched a couple of old films that I'd never watched, and one of them being Psycho. Um, oh yeah. Which I, 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 it's kind of almost like a, a bit of shame and embarrassment that you know people are thinking, oh, you haven't watched Psycho. What is wrong with you? You know, you call yourself a film fan, and it's just one of those things, or perhaps an era thing for me. Obviously, it came out in 1960. You know, I was born in 1976, and and you know, so I've grown up, and throughout my life, I've, I've heard about it, and then obviously listening to the shows about Alfred Hitchcock, and and you kind of you know you 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 hear about how the film was made, the production, and everything else, and you think, oh, I really want to watch that, yeah. as well as a number of other Hitchcock movies and uh, and everything else. And I have to say, even though I knew the the what was going to happen uh, because it's obviously the famous shower scene, mm-hmm. and uh, I knew that again spoiler but fucking hell you know <laughs> this spoiler for old film you know anthony perkins um he he basically pretends that his mom's still alive and it's the same person um you know so i knew all of that was coming but i really really enjoyed it i thought it was a fantastic film is, really yeah. really um intriguing and and the music was brilliant um acting was fantastic anthony perkins so chilling um was absolutely brilliant you know like kind of that you know almost the boy next door kind of thing you know just uh but there was something wrong you know there's something they're so creepy you know what i mean just sort of like sort of, almost so welcoming but at the same time you know this kind of cold-blooded killer and um but almost that mischievous side to it where he's dumping the body and uh he, he dumps the body in the swamps um out by the the the, the Bates Motel, and there's a, sec- a bit where he's there, he's having a suite, and it just it doesn't sink properly, and there's like the boot still, or <laughs> yeah, they, they call that call it, they call it the boot in the the trunk, the trunk. sorry, yeah, yeah, like, in America. So and the trunk sort of sticking up, and he's like his facial expression changes, and then it, like it actually sinks. You know, there's a moment of like kind of tension there for him, and he's like, you know, he's got a little wry smile to himself. Um, but even though I knew that, you know, the show was seen was going to happen and it was coming, it didn't stop it from being like almost breathless watching it. Do you know what I mean? And the way it was shot and filmed was absolutely incredible. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, and so well done. Um, you know, it's just absolutely fantastic. And, and just watching these act- actors and actresses, you know, like Janet Lee and Vera Miles, um, you know, brilliant absolutely brilliant film I, I really really enjoyed that um so much so that i mean i've never had any interest in it anyway but I've, i'm definitely not got any interest in watching the 98 kind of reboot that gus van sant did oh um, mate no it, uh, ignore that why why he did which is quite literally a shot for shot remake yeah it's like completely pointless it really i mean i did watch it and I was sat there thinking, this is completely pointless. I would say, though, don't ignore the sequels, especially Psycho 2. As oh, well. right. Okay. Yeah, because um, you mentioned Tom Holland earlier as well. He's one of the writers of it. And that Psycho 2 is is really good as well. And I've got to admit, I enjoy 3 and 4 as well. Yeah. So if you get the chance, you know, 
definitely watch them but do make a point of yeah psycho 2 if you can only watch one of the sequels watch that I definitely will. I mean, I remember when I was a kid that because um, they came out in the eighties. Didn't mm, I think Psycho yeah. three did anyway? Though, and there's a big long gap. Two eighty three, yeah. Yeah, um, but uh, seeing in the local video shop, um, Hollywood Nights, uh, which is one of my video shops by my nan's, uh, and there was a, that poster where it's like he's kind of he's holding a set of keys and he's got like a bit of a mad look in his eyes. Anthony mm. Perkins has. Um, yeah, that's number so, three. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'll have to check those out. Yeah, definitely. Um, but then going back, because I did ask it, Adam uh, in the interview, and again, I feel like a complete and utter fool for asking him, um, because I said, well, why is your show called Attaboy Clarence? And he said, well, it's a reference to It's, oh, a, Won- it's a Wonderful Life. Well, um, again, as a result, and I know that this is another one of those films that's celebrated, you know, being one of the most, you know, uh, celebrated films of all time mm. you know most um, people's that, christmas film isn't it i was going to say an amazing christmas film you know people watch i think mark kermode watches it every year uh you know and so, so it's it's one of those films again it's just passed me by and i, and I, I can't explain why it's just it's just just has but anyway so I, I made a point of watching this and so on a friday night um i sat down and i think it was the friday after we'd, we'd interviewed him so it was that week and this so that this is the story frank dope Directed by Frank Capra, stars James Stewart, Donna Reed, um, Lionel Barrymore, and um, it's it follows the, the the life of of George Bailey, who's played by James Stewart, and from child to a man, and he grows up in this little town, and you know he's got a family. His dad runs a small little bank, and there's um, a, a, if you like a, a mean businessman pl- played by Lionel Barrymore, who's um, a, you know. A, really nasty piece of work who just wants to control the whole town uh, but this little bank that struggles to make its way and make ends meet who helps the, t- the townsfolk uh, you know and uh, it, it just goes through his life and it starts off and there's an an angel called Clarence and you would assume is well God or people in heaven mm. and uh, it, it, it explains that at the very beginning that um, George is is going to kill himself, and um, it's Clarence's job to make him see the error of his ways, and that actually, you know, people are going to give a shit about him if if he does go through with it, and and if he's not there, and it's it's such a beautiful, wonderful film um, that made me cry. Uh, not amazing. I was going to say, please tell me you cried. Yeah, not afraid to say yeah. I was fucking weeping like a baby at the end of this film, uh, just in bits um you know because you, you kind of you go through it, it kind of almost reminded me of um a very different in tone but because i it reminded me of the shawshank redemption in as much as that i watched that film and it touched me you know it, it really affected me watching that so you know, i bawled like a baby at the end of that and throughout that film um and it i watched it immediately as soon as i you know i'd stopped watching it i put it on straight away and i watched it again i didn't do it this time around because i think it finished at like half past one in the morning or something like that but i did watch it the next day again but i watched it with uh, my wife 
because I said you, you've got to watch this film um, it's such a fantastic film and it, and the second time round was even better I think and I cried even more <laughs> the second time round it's it's such a, a wonderful film it's such a life affirming film I think you know in, in so many ways that you know and it, it kind of just goes to show that although you may struggle through life and that you may have hard times and difficult times and it may not seem that you matter or that you um, you know you you, you affect people and you, you know the people that you meet throughout your life and it's even the smallest interactions that you have with people can affect people in in so you know such a, a, a dramatic way mm-hmm. um and that you do people you know you might not think it but you you do matter and people will give a shit about you and you know even if you you think that you know you're not making any difference to the world or to life or whatever um even the smallest thing can make the biggest difference to people you know um just saying hello to people and just being pleasant to people and and it was just such a really lovely wonderful film that i think will be one of those that i will watch you know um very funny very touching beautifully played by everybody involved you know um a real nasty villain that you know you kind of <laughs> you, you, you boo and hiss at um and you know just fantastic you know so that's where the line comes as as adam explained you know very beautifully um that's the almost like the final line in in the film. I think, if not the final line, where um, George Bailey says, "You know, at a boy, Clarence," because he finally gets his wings. Yeah. And I can kind of feel myself getting a bit emotional and thinking about it, you know, because it's such an amazing film. So, yeah. Um, but isn't it great? Are... Even even going back, like you said, you know, the, how it puts like a spotlight on what you think may be something really insignificant but how it can like affect other people's lives. But oh, isn't it God. great as well? It's just like from podcasting and the journey of, okay, so listen to movie histories and then you interview Adam and then through doing that, you've now discovered this film, which has had this effect on your life. You know what I mean? How different, yeah. how, how things have that domino effect and what may seem insignificant at the time with this domino effect can has this ripple and you think oh wow and then it's it's doing this to me and it's doing that to me and it's you know making you feel more positive you, you just don't know do you really no and i um to go off the subject a little bit but it kind of i, I mean I, i'm a big believer in fate and things happening for reasons and things like that and um that you know it kind of it reminds me of my own life in some respects that um 13 well 13 years ago um in april uh it was the first time i met my wife well she wouldn't be my wife then obviously but in as much as that um i still i always remember and i always tell the story about uh how we met and that um I, I was single at the time, you know, um, going through a, a bit of a, a bit of a divorce. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, you know, so it's kind of like I I'd, I'd kind of burnt myself out. You know, I'd, I went a bit mad, I think. And I just went out drinking lots and, you know, womanizing, <laughs> which is something I'd never done in my whole life. And I, I think I just burnt myself out of doing that for a few months. And I just kind of got to a point where I, well, I got no money and also I just didn't want to go out doing it anymore. Well, um, I remember my friend, he f- phoned me and said, I'm going into town, you know, 
come out and I was like no I've got no money and he said well, I'll lend you 20 pounds I was like no I don't really want to lend any money off you and I, I don't know if I want to go out anyway I can't be bothered it's a Thursday night and he's like he kind of badgered me for a bit and I said no nah, I can't be bothered well anyway I put the phone down and he says well if you change your mind I'll be getting on this bus uh, and it'll come through you know the village uh, you know in in sort of like half seven whatever and I was like okay well have a good time anyway well anyway I put the phone down and then inevitably five minutes later he planted the seed in my head and I was like Hmm, I could go out, couldn't I? You know, it's like a Thursday night, I'm doing fuck all. So I got changed quickly, went, caught, you know, got on the bus, and he was happy to see me, obviously. And then um, we went into town, we got absolutely fucking hammered, and I was drinking Snake Bite and Black. Um, mm, deadly. I know. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and then we went to a club, and um, that's where I met my wife. And, you know, you just think how different life would have been if i had have not gone out that night yeah that you know, one decision uh that that one sort of decision that i had no idea of how it would affect me it was just an insignificant kind of moment of oh yeah i'll go uptown or whatever and even and, and just think oh well if i hadn't if i'd have gone to bed you know and you think wow I wouldn't have a wife. I wouldn't have two kids. I wouldn't live where I was. I wouldn't have the friends I'd got. I wouldn't know people. I probably wouldn't mm-hmm. be doing podcasting. I probably might be still be living with my mom and dad. I might be, I might even, well, it's horrible to think it, but you think, oh, well, I might be dead, <laughs> uh, you know, because I might have drunk myself into oblivion. I was still smoking back then. So, you know, and I stopped smoking when I met her. And it's just, you know what I mean? And you just think I, I wouldn't be doing kickboxing. I wouldn't be, you know, looking after myself and keeping fit and it's just amazing it's it absolutely blows my mind to think that how almost seemingly insignificant things can make such a big difference yeah and that that film made me think about that you know i I think that's one of the the main plus points of it isn't it for people especially for people that still haven't seen it um everybody goes through it don't they you know it's you know you have your bad days and all this and the other and you think but even even a really shitty day, there could be one insignificant thing that could have such a positive effect in the future. And this film, like I say, just puts a spotlight on it and go, well, just, you know, keep looking forward and yeah. good things will happen. I have to say as well, and I know that there are a lot of, you know, beautiful actresses and things like that and, and these days, but it kind of, watching these older films um, just makes me think that the actresses of the day were so beautiful like proper properly beautiful like do you know what i mean and then i don't say ladylike because that makes me sound like a twat but you know what i mean but like (laughs) they they weren't they didn't come across as like well slags <laughs> to, to sound horrible but they i mean didn't like have that trout pout with the big botox lips no there's none of that there's no um i'll say no pl- plastic surgery but you know there probably was but hmm. like donna reed is absolutely beautiful in this film um you know and janet lee um you know as i mentioned vera miles uh, in psycho but just like proper beautiful actresses just really gorgeous um so yeah, those are my films. Other than the film that we've we, we're going to talk about oh, later. Okay. I do have a TV series, but um, I don't. I'll let you talk for a little bit because I've talked for fucking ages. Okay. Well, I'll do. I'll go on to TV. I'll go on to TV first because I've mentioned Julia Davis in the past with Nighty Night mm. uh, and Hunderby, uh, which I know a few listeners have tweeted us about and have been watching those and enjoyed them. 
Um, I know Stephen Bowles, one of them, he was watching Hunderby, and we had a nice little Twitter exchange uh, with stuff going on with that, <laughs> quoting it. Um, she made a series, it was for Sky, um, because we've got now TV. We just we got a deal where you get like three months of it for free mm. through the app on the television. And it's on there, it's from 2016. It's called Camping. And she wrote and directed it. And it's a, it's a typical humour, mate. <laughs> it's really rude and mm. very, very funny. And it's about three couples that go camping here in the UK. Um, and the different dynamic between the couples. There's, you know, there's, there's one couple is this guy who's really hempecked by his overbearing wife. And they have a, a kid who's like about 11 or 12 who the woman dotes over and wraps in, a, in this blanket of cotton wool all the time and panics whenever anything happens to him. Uh, and there's another couple um, who it's sort of the opposite where the woman is really, would it be cockpecked? Would be the opposite, hempecked. <laughs> <laughs> She's cockpecked. Um, and they've got like a teenage son who's just wanking all the time, constantly. <laughs> well, yes, that's you true know, to tr life. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, write what you know. So it's yeah, it's true to life. Um, and then they've got this other couple. They've got this male friend who's split up from his wife, who is currently in a coma. And he's got this new woman, who's Julia Davis, who is constantly, like, shagging. They go into this, like, charity shop in one place. And he's literally, I was going to say, she's not even giving him a blowjob in the changing rooms of a charity shop. He is literally face-fucking her in the, <laughs> in the changing rooms when the owner of the place opens up the curtain. And you just see this guy's bare ass as he's slamming into her face. It's, oh, my God. Oh God. It's, really? Yeah, it's one of those. It is one of those. And it's like, it is really near that. Again, if you're easily offended, don't watch it. But if you like your humour, if you've watched Nighty Night, especially, especially Nighty Night and you've enjoyed it, you've got to watch Camping. It is so funny. And again, I think it's only like six episodes and about 30 minutes an episode. You can blast through them. Well, 20 odd minutes because they've got no adverts in them. You can blast through them really quickly. Um, so, yeah, the Camping, Julia Davis, amazing. Really, really funny. <laughs> Laugh out loud funny. No, it's got Steve Pemberton in it as well. Who yeah, it's a good cast. It's a really good cast. Do you yeah. like a lot? Yeah, he's great. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. What's, what's, what's this on, sorry? This is this is on, I think, I'm pretty sure that was on, I think it was Now TV. I think that oh, was a right. Sky okay. one. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that was, you need that. Although there might be other ways of watching it, you know what I mean? But Okay, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, oh, but well, do, do look out for it. Oh, definitely will. That sounds yeah. awesome. Oh, yeah. You know, 20-odd minutes free. Watch one of those at a time. And I yeah. guarantee you will be laughing. Uh, one we finished watching tonight, actually, was um, a series that we missed out on. Well, I missed out on. Tina watched a couple of them, apparently, from um, 2015 called The Kennedys. Uh, it's, a, it's set around two couples. It's set in 1978 in this, in this um, housing estate in the UK. And what I loved about it is because it's like, it meant more to me because 1978, I was 13. So I can remember all the stuff that the coming in with the top trumps and supercars was in tonight's episode. Because the girl in it went, oh, I've got some top trumps. And the dad goes, what are they? And I shouted, please let it be supercars. And she went, supercars. You know, there's all <laughs> sort of things like that. But again, it's um, it's not as near the knuckle as camping. But there was like things that happened in tonight's episode without giving too many spoilers away. 
was they they funnily enough they went camping on a family holiday and they were pissing in the bucket and the bucket tips over and the and the tents full of piss and you know all this kind of stuff um especially i've seen that episode i'm sure yes i'm sure because this was on bbc one i'm sure it was um or BBC Two, I forget which, but it, it, I'm sure I've seen that one. It did seem quite funny, like I said, because it's like a bit, bit of a period kind of pe- yeah. piece you, as well. Yeah. You, you would get more, like I say, out of this if you were sort of in the UK in the 70s because of all the references that are going on. But even if you weren't, there's still enough, you know, just sort of like pure humour in it that you would find it funny. Yeah. Um, I would recommend Camping First, but The Kennedys was really funny as well. Oh, cool. Um, my final TV does then sort of it, it goes. It's a double bill because it links into a documentary as well. Um, oh. So I'll, I'll I'll go through them both, which will lead lead us into movies, and then I'll I'll, I'll go to you, and you can do your TV one. Uh, and it's called Glow, the Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling. So oh, I've I'm, seen this advertised. Yeah, it's yes. on Netflix, right? So yeah. it's a TV series. So. I did it, which I think is the right way, if you've got no idea about this. I watched, there's a documentary called Glow, Gorgeous Ladies Mm. Wrestling On. Now, I watched that first, and it interviews all the ladies that did it in the 80s, right? Which is fascinating. And you know me, I've I've got no interest in wrestling, mate. But it didn't show too much wrestling. It was about the women, you know, and their lives and so on, which I found quite interesting. But after watching the documentary, which I do recommend, then you go and watch the TV series. The TV series then references the real-life women, but with a little twist. It doesn't name them by names, but it sort of gives a, a, a tip of the hat to the characters that they played within the ring. So while you're watching the TV series, you can go, oh, that's so-and-so that was in the documentary, and that's her that was in the documentary. And you're making that link in your mind, which, again, added another layer to the TV series as I I was watching it. Okay. Both. And and again, this is coming from somebody who has got no interest in wrestling whatsoever. I really loved the documentary and the TV series. So if that's not a recommendation, I don't know what is. That sounds wicked. Mm. Um, I I just because I I looked um, when I watched Get Hard. I talked about that last Mm -hmm. last, um, episode with uh, Will Ferrell and I've forgotten his name. Um, Yeah. Anyway, it was it was all right. (laughs) (laughs) But it's got um, that had uh, Alison Brie in it because I had a look at her IMDb. Um, Kevin Hart. There you go. That's the the guy. Um, I think she plays one of the lead characters in this. uh, Ruth Wilder. Oh, it's, yeah, it, it is. It's it's so good, and there's uh, there's bits in this that's a bit near to the knuckle as well. You know, it's oh, is that well. Yeah, anyway, yeah. the reason why I looked her up, and you can, I, well, what people already know, I'm a massive perv. Anyway, is because there's a bit in Get Hard where she basically appears in stockings and suspenders, and I thought, who the fucking hell is she? She's right. amazing. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, You'll like then I this looked, then. <laughs> well, yeah, and I looked, and I was like, oh, actually, she's in Glow, and then it's been all over Netflix. It's on mm. the the main sort of page. They've confirmed. As series two as well haven't they have they oh, yeah right. yeah very good but i would no. say please watch watch the documentary first and then get stuck into the series okay yeah awesome mm? sounds good go on then, mate you said you've got a you've got a tv thing well i've got a couple of the tvs I'll, oh, i will just mention very quickly oh pardon me um 
Game of Thrones is on. Uh, very much enjoying that. It's um, this series is zipping through. There's no um, filler. It, it, it's it's almost uh, going at a breakneck pace. To be honest with you, I think you'd probably appreciate it a lot more than the the previous series. Mm. I, it, for me, I, I don't know. It, you know, you're not the world's biggest fan of it, but it's it's probably the best thing on TV for me. It's it's really compelling. Just you know, uh, you know, it, it just uh, the the things happen in it and, and and you just think oh wow that was so amazing you know and the, and the intrigue and and everything else it's it's a really cracking um tv show and like i said this series because it's a shorter series than usual i think there's seven episodes as opposed to the 10 or 13 that the normal normally are um there's i was talking to a guy at work about it and it and sort of like if you like, uh, in previous uh, episodes, the the way they communicate with one another is they they send like little uh, parchments and and scrolls to each other uh, via uh, crows, you know, so that it's kind of like pigeon carrier, I guess. Well, uh, the, it, it, there's an example of this in this episode in this series. They'll say, right, send so and so, send uh, Daenerys Targaryen a, a, a crow that Jon Snow will meet with her, and like before, they'd that, they'd be like two episodes had pass in between you know because i suppose to show the passage of time between that happening and it getting from one side of the country to the other well literally the next scene is there you go she's got the fucking message and it's great because <laughs> I, I i'm ha- i'm quite happy with that you know because things are just you know kind of reaching their um the, the climax you know that the sort of like conclusion because there's going to be one more series after this um and it's really good because uh, you know it's it's kind of the, they they do set it up nicely because it's sort of like there's of there's a, a war going on and you, you know it's going one way then it's going another and then there's like really cool shit happening with dragons it's very good but anyway um the other tv show that we're watching is from uh, 2010 originally i'm watching this with Kay, my wife um i wasn't sure whether she'd like it or not but she appears to be enjoying it so uh we're sticking with it and it's called vexed it, it was on bbc2 originally i don't know if you ever watched it no, it's got don't uh, think about it. toby stevens in it who i only ever knew from uh die another day where he played the villain in that film okay. which that's my impression of Toby Stevens. He's not a very good one, if I'm honest, because I thought he was absolutely <laughs> fucking awful. And it's probably one of the worst Bond films I think I've seen for a long time. Um, it's it, it's not great, I have to say. Not a very good way for Pierce Brosnan to go out. Um, you know, but anyway. Uh, and it's a cop um, comedy, black comedy, uh, almost. Um, I'm not going to call it a drama because there's no drama in it whatsoever. It's almost like the character he, he plays is. Uh, I read somewhere where that it's he's described as Hugh Grant doing an impression of uh, Bodie from uh, The Professionals, and he also see to me channels a little bit of. Um, oh God, who's your comedy hero? I'm I'm so ashamed. I can't remember. Rick Mail. Rick Mail. He also channels a little bit of Rick Mail. You know, Rick Mail could do that sort of like smarmy idiot yeah, a little yeah. bit, you know, <laughs> yeah. where he'd, he'd sort of like, you know, and he'd, he'd just like, he'd got, I say he'd got the teeth for it, you know, he did, he'd do that really smarmy smile, you know <laughs> what I mean, where he showed all his teeth off. Um, well, he kind of channels a little bit of that. And um, there were two series. I don't think there's going to be another one because the, the second series came out in 2012 and there's been nothing since. And in the first series, which I think has only got four episodes, uh, three or four, he, he um, 
he's partnered up with Lucy Punch. Yeah, there must only be three episodes because she was only in three. And then the partners swapped for uh, the second series. And um, yeah, it, it's, it, you know, in, in some ways you could sort of say it's a bit like Midsummer Murders, but with really black humour. And, um, you know, he's got this murk that he razzes around in, uh, like an old style one from, like I said, you'd expect to see in uh, The Sweeney or... Um, uh, the professionals and and it's kind of, so it's kind of it's got that uh that kind of 80s feel about it even though it's set in the modern day um okay. but it, it is daft i have to say it is fucking stupid because although he's a cop um you know he doesn't go to the police station he goes to the calf for his um for his meetings and stuff like that which is run by his old boss and it's daft and stupid but it's kind <laughs> of like there's some really funny black humor in it um like there's a uh there's a bit where there's a a, a woman jogging i think she's a well, she's a black woman and she's got no hair and uh he's they're just sitting on a stakeout and he, they're just talking bollocks and he goes um do you think it's a fashion statement or she got cancer you know and it's just like <laughs> and then there's a, a bit where they go into this um this hospital for people who've got mental health problems and uh, there's people in there with all sorts of problems and it, and that you know somebody's getting shot at and targeted and uh, anyway they're, they're going around having the, the guided tour and uh there's somebody there with ocd anyway a few scenes pass the next thing you know is that she turns up at um toby uh steven's apartment and um this guy's there who's got OCD and she says what's he doing here and she says oh he's fucking great he keeps this place so clean it's unbelievable you know and he says you haven't seen mirrors or windows like it he takes the shine off you know he puts the shine on them it's amazing and the best thing is I don't have to pay him anything he does it for free (laughs) you know what I mean it's that kind of that there's there's if you kind of take away the daft element of it there's there's a fair bit of um decent black humor in there as well yeah. um and he's really charismatic i have to say he's really good in this um you know and uh, there's a scene where he finds out he's got a lump on his testicle um and it, you know he's there's a, a bit of a hostage situation and it's it's funny the way he delivers it but uh he said that you know the, the, the guy with the gun puts it on him and he goes if you don't stop talking i'm gonna shoot you and he says that's fine aim for my testicle make sure it's the left one you know <laughs> <laughs> and just stupid shit like that but it is actually quite funny so um we're gonna stick with it and like i said it's making my wife chuckle and uh so yeah it's 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 an hour long which to me feels probably a little bit too long they probably could have done with making it 40 minutes but it's something i I did used to watch um because i'd seen it advertised back in 2010 and i recorded it and i watched the first two episodes and then i just never bothered watching it after that and i knew it came back but it this probably isn't a very good recommendation for it but it was kind of almost like i enjoyed it but it's like not enough to carry on watching it but so now i'm quite glad that we are actually watching it again because i you know at least we get to see what it's like so but yeah there you go no idea about that i have to give that a look so there you go mm, nice one yeah i will uh, i'll put that on my to watch list then i think but other than that um and the, the two things that we're going to talk about, that's all I've got. I'm spent. Oh, you're spent. Right. I'll I'll squirt out a few more movies into your ears <clears> then <throat> before we take a little break. Um, I'm going to read out a cast list to you now, mate. Um, so, Danny Glover, 
Yes. Dennis Quaid. Oh, yes. Ali Ermey. Walton yes. Goggins. Oh, fucking hell. Ted Levine. Oof. Jared Leto. Oh, right? well, mm, mm, yeah. Written and directed by, and this is a name you probably won't know, Jeb Stewart. But he's the guy who's one of the writers for Die Hard, Leviath really? Leviathan, Lock Up, Another 48 Hours, The Fugitive. So you've got a cast like that, and you've wow. got a writer-director who's written movies like that. And I'd never heard of this before. And I forget how we came across it. I think it was one of those sort of Netflix flicking things. It's from 1997. It's called Switchback. Oh, right. Okay. I have, I'm have. sure I've heard of this, but... Um... Passed me by, mate. It totally passed me by. Uh, and Tina as well. We've got no idea about it. And so we put it on. Basically, it boils down to it's a serial killer on the run, chased by various um, law enforcement authorities, both local and sort of, you know, national. Um, are they going to get, are they going to get who it is? And who is it? Who is the serial killer? And it's one of them. It's it's a cracking action movie. It really is a cracking really? action movie. It does get, it's two hours long. It doesn't really overstay its welcome. What I will say is the further it goes into its running time the more silly it gets and the more sort of the the plot holes appear and the more outrageous stuff and you're going well fucking hell the chances of that happening and this is like next to nothing so mm. you really have got to leave any sense of well that wouldn't really happen you know at the door but if you can do that it's it's a really good two hours of a decent action movie with you know like i say with a cast like that as well yeah, we loved it, and we when we both said, "How has it gone twenty years without us not knowing about this?" It's yeah, one of crazy. those. Now the thing is, and I've looked. I think it passed a lot of people by because I'm just scrolling through now. The budget for it was thirty-seven million, Ooh. Uh, and domestically, it took six and a half million. Oh fucking hell! Wow. Yeah, I think it was a bit of a box office, 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 <laughs> office <laughs> failure. Uh, so that's probably why it, you know, it didn't get a lot of promotion after um, it played the cinemas and and so on. But yeah, we loved it. I thought it was really good. But just yeah, just bear in mind that it does get quite silly the further on it gets. Mm, I have to check that out. Um, William Fitchner's in it as well. Well, looks mm. sweet. Um, so yeah, like you said, amazing cast, really. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Yeah. Does right. Ali Ermy do lots of shouting? He doesn't actually. He... He's he's very subdued. I was oh, expecting really? him to oh. shout and curse, but no, he, he doesn't do that much. So that's all <laughs> right. Uh, we did go to the cinema and watch War for the Planet of the Apes. I'll be honest with you. And again, I, they passed me by. I'm, I'm not a huge fan of the apes films in general speak, generally speaking terms, or I guess, but uh, I haven't seen any of these three. Uh, I do own them, or two of them anyway, on Blu-ray to watch. Hmm. Um, I think when HMV do their like five, blu-rays for 20 quid or whatever i picked it up because i'd heard it was really good um but i just haven't got around to watching it um and i've heard that they're amazing and andy circus is fantastic and oh. it blurs the lines between you know visual effects and wow yeah it does reality <laughs> it does I, I this is probably going to be controversial but for me as a sci-fi trilogy this beats the original star wars trilogy for me Really? As, as three absolutely incredible 
sci-fi movies the story the characters in it the effects in it the way the way that it links i mean because i've been a fan of planet of the apes since you know the charlton heston movies and onwards and the tv series that i always used to watch on the television the way that it that it began with like you know it's gone from rise of the planet of the apes to dawn now to war the way that it's sort of linked right from right from that first one with rise where on the tv in the background and they were saying you know and there was the, the rocket ship going up and that was you know that was charlton heston in the rocket ship going up Mm. And the way you no spoilers, the way that this finishes, it links to well, this could be you could watch this trilogy and then watch the Charlton Heston movies and from then on and they would all play perfectly. Really? Um like you said about the effects in it, and I, you know, no one's moaned more about CG than my me. It's like, you know, give me practical effects all the time. This and from the beginning, from Rise, it's like and what I'm watch I'm watching apes like riding horses and so on. There's a weight to them that I think that's the main thing with CG with me. They they seem very they've not got heft to them. There's no weight at all to them. This the, you know they they do look real. They've got that weight to them and the way that even at the fur drops and everything, the facial expressions. And again, this comes a lot to the actual acting and why people are saying, well, Andy Serkis should get a, an Oscar because he's you know he was one of the pioneers of motion capture, and it is a new form of acting. You know, in a way, the emotion that an, a CG ape can portray without even saying a word just by you know the eyes and the and subtle movement of the nose and the mouth is incredible there's one scene between two apes where they're talking to each other and it really reminded me and i've always thought one of the one of the best scenes in cinema for acting because it's stripped of music it's stripped of fancy camera moves it's stripped of effects it's a scene in true romance with Christopher, with with Christopher Walken, and oh, fucking hell, why have I forgotten his name? Christopher Walken and uh, Dennis uh, Dennis Hopper, Dennis Hopper, Hopper. not Hooper, fucking hell. <laughs> Dennis yeah. Hopper. You know, it's the old eggplant scene. Yes, uh, that that is a stunning scene in cinema. But there's a scene between these two apes, and they're just talking to each other, and the expressions on the face is just like you're not watching CG. You're really not watching CG. And then the end of it is like. You'll, it might have got a little bit dusty in there. There might be a little, you know, I have to wipe really? your eye. Oh my god! And this is this is CG characters that is, is really hitting you emotionally. It, it really is, as far as like, and not even I'd even go so far as to say this is how much I love this trilogy as like favorite sci-fi trilogy. I would put it with like any trilogy of films for the you know the overarching storyline and everything else that I talked about earlier is just absolutely incredible i I love these love these films so much and i was and the thing is this is one of them when it it started because we'd had the tim burton one which was all right marky mark and it's like yes okay one of the apes looks like michael jackson which was the big thing online wasn't it you know um and i wasn't i was like oh no just leave it leave me with you know all the original movies and the tv show as well but this is just yeah incredible mate Please watch them whenever you get the chance. I will. I'm gonna to have to seek the air. I mean, like I said, I own the two first, you know, two. Um, but uh, yeah, I've heard kind of mixed 
things about the last one in as much as because it's called war mm. people expected there to be a bit more war i don't know if that's true or not but i um, think it did i know a, a, a few people have taken exception to woody harrelson's performance in it as well saying he was a little bit over the top um and there isn't a lot of war in it um which for me was good because it concentrates on the on the characters and the emotion mm. rather than just you know like the marvel route of you know a lot of oh, let's spend the last 20 minutes of all out action and so on and there is action yeah. in this don't get me wrong and there is fighting and, and war going on but it's mostly the stuff that's happening is because it's taking the time you really care about the about these these characters even though the cg you're invested in them you know you you feel real empathy for them yeah um, he, he's an incredible actor, I think, um, Andy Serkis. He's, you know, he's obviously became prominent with um, uh, Gollum, you know, in Lord yeah. of the Rings films. Uh, but he, he seems to have like carved a real niche for himself with doing these performance capture roles because, you know, he did King Kong and and, and even in video games with um, Enslaved, Odyssey to the West, Heavenly Sword. You know, he was in those, um, and he was really fantastic in them. You know, he's so. Yeah, there's no excuse for me to not watch them, I have to say. I think I, the, I did sit down to watch it one evening, and I was going to watch it with Kay. And um, even though they're not real apes, uh, everything, but because it's got animals in it, uh, she says, inevitably, one of them's going to die. And so she'll <laughs> get upset. And so, and so that was her reason for not wanting to watch it. So we never ended up watching it. But um, and then I can imagine that that's probably part of the reason why you're going to end up crying as well because well, of yeah. uh well yeah you know. apes apes die in it humans die in it you know a lot of people die in across the trilogy but it has that effect because again it's you know they've set these characters up as people that you do care about so you do get upset when they die mm. you know which is you know one of the good things about films isn't it really that definitely you know, it can affect yeah. you emotionally like that and again going on to like war and affect affecting you emotionally we also saw dunkirk in the cinema in imax oh yeah i, I want to watch that in imax but oh. again just haven't got round to it it is i mean i always say i imax is the way to watch any film if you can uh yeah. this it's being non-3d as well as nothing. exactly yeah it's 2d um the, the pinnacle of the imax experience for me it was five minutes into it and me and tina looked at each other and we both said we have never heard sound like this in a cinema mm -hmm. Um, it was oh, you can't you can't explain it. You need to experience it. I mean, the score by Hans Zimmer. I mean, you mentioned Hans Zimmer earlier. Is absolutely astounding, and the score affects you emotionally. The way that it, it's all put together is absolutely incredible. Um, the whole soundscape of, of the movie just draws you into it and i've seen people complaining of like well they, oh well we don't know who this character is we don't you don't take enough time to go into his backstory and this that and the other and they didn't know for some reason they didn't know it split sort of into three there's three different things going on and one i think one takes an hour and one takes a day mm. and one takes a week or something like that mm. um and it keeps splitting between all these three different things going on you don't need to know any more about the character you don't even know, need to know the characters names the, the whole thing is there's this big there's this war going on and especially on the imax and with the you know with the sound and everything you're there with them and you're feeling this intense need for survival it's what you come out of it and you're knackered 
knackered. You're really knackered because you're yeah. just like, you feel like you've come out of this war and you go, <gasps> you're holding your breath at times, you know, you're flinching uh, and you think, oh, for fuck's sake, run or hide and all of this. It's just, it's pure survival and it's not it's not saving private ryan with the big beach scene at the beginning and and all the you know the backstory to this that and the other it's more like you are because that wouldn't you know it, it is you, you're plunged into dunkirk at this time and okay survive and this is what you've got to do mm. and it was as um yes yeah, a cinema experience mate that it, it's up there with top five of all time Really? Wow. Absolutely. He's, um, I mean, I love, I've, you know, really enjoyed Christopher Nolan movies since I watched uh, Memento all those years ago. Um, and he, he, I read, um, so, so, you know, a piece about him and obviously Mark Kermo talking about uh, Dunkirk. And he, he's always had this fascination with time, you know, and that goes yeah, back to yeah, yeah. Memento, you know. And I think, I've, you know, I've heard that that's the same uh, with Dunkirk. I've, I've heard some criticism criticisms about it in as much as that because it's almost bloodless that it kind of takes away the the grit of of it or mm. I suppose you know that the you know the fact that it's a war film I you know that to me I I suppose it, you know it's it's criticism what people feel you know is necessary but I don't know that wouldn't necessarily bother me as such um that people said it was a bit too clean for a, a war film I Again, haven't seen it, so I yeah. can't comment. Well, no, there's you know, there's no sort of there's no gore flying all over the place. And again, like I said, like the start of Saving Private Ryan, there's nothing like that. But even from the first scene, where you know you've got this squad of soldiers and fight, you know, this outbreak of gunfire on them, and they're running, and this, you know, the the the, the soldiers' um, squad mates are just fall inside, you know, beside him, and he's just, just trying again. He's going to get over this fence and all that, and you and you you feel like yourself clenching. Yeah. The seat. You don't need to see any of the blood because you're there with him. You know the way it's filmed is. It's oh, it's it's crazy. It's almost like point of view in a way that you know you're put in a an invisible character in with them and with in, in even when it goes to like tom hardy in a, in a spitfire and it's as though like you're this invisible entity in there in yeah. the spitfire with him and and you like you, you do find yourself holding your breath and gripping the seat and sweating <laughs> and going oh my god what's gonna happen next i mean it seems as if he's had an incredible career since 2000 when memento came out you oh, know yeah, yeah i mean i haven't seen interstellar i have to say i uh, wanted to again it wasn't wanted to see it as a cinema experience but lucy had was born um uh, you know not long sort of well no actually she would have been two but again we were in that mindset where we didn't want to leave her for hours and, and i know that's so daft to say, say like now couldn't give a shit to be honest but you know what i mean it's like well when you're a new parent you you know you didn't because it's a three-hour film and i wanted to watch it on a big big screen and there wasn't one as close to me as as there is now um it just kind of passed us by and and i haven't watched it since because again i think i probably wanted to watch it as that big screen you know experience but um and obviously dunkirk but if you look at memento insomnia uh, Batman Begins, The Prestige, The Dark Knight, Inception, Dark Knight Rises, Interstellar, now Dunkirk. Mm. In 17 years, that's a fucking hell of an achievement, a, I think. It's a hell of a run, isn't it? Yeah. Um, it really is. I don't, I mean, again, aside from the two films I haven't seen, I don't think there's a bad film in there no, at all. No, there isn't. You know, in fact, there's some amazing films. I love Inception, um, you, know, you know, and the Batman films, obviously, you know, revitalized ba Batman. 
you oh, know, totally. af- after the, the Joel Schumacher um, <laughs> yeah. bollocks. Uh, Insomnia is a, a, a very good thriller, you know. Um, and But yeah, you know, uh, even uh, the Prestige uh, cracking film. Oh, that's a brilliant film, yeah, it really is. Yeah, yeah. So he's he's had an amazing career in sh- a short space of time, really, and and you, th- you know he's he's kind of obviously worked on like Man of Steel, uh, you know, possibly influenced. You kind of like you think of that film and you think of Zack Snyder and you think it's maybe a film of two halves and you think maybe mm. the first half is Nolan and the second half is Snyder with the crash bang wallet bollocks, yeah, uh, you know, and the smashing up of Metropolis and the first half some more intimate kind of quiet family drama almost um you know with kevin costner and all that sort of stuff and you think well maybe that's that was nolan's influence you know Hmm. like you said that's a that's a run of movies it's take some beating oh yeah yeah fantastic uh, I'm just going to run through a few more before we take the break. Um, quickly, oh. there's one, I think this is a Netflix original, I think, if memory serves me right, called The Circle with Emma Watson. Um, or oh, Paul, Bill Paxton's in it as well. Bill Paxton. Oh, oh. yeah, about, uh, Bill yeah. Paxton. Uh, Tom Hanks as well, actually. Wow. Um, it's really good. It reminded me of uh, an episode of Black Mirror, the one which was all to do with social media and sort of set in the, in the near future and how social media really has a lock on everybody's life and people are more obsessed with their online life than they are with, you know, real life. Um, and this sort of really, again, puts it under the microscope of the way that, well, OK, this is what could be happening because more people seem to be more obsessed with the, their online life. Uh, it has got a bit of stick on IMDb. It's only a 5.3 as well really? currently on IMDb, which I think... I think it's a bit unfair, really. I enjoyed it a lot more than that. I'd probably put it maybe a seven if I had to rate it out of ten. Mm. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. And again, maybe it's because I'm a that bit older and have not grown up, you know, all my life with social media. I remember life before social media and the yes. internet. And, you know what I mean, with, with three channels of telly. You'd go outside all the time. Um, and now, you know, it's like, you know, our kids have grown up with this online life. And it is quite scary, I think, as you get older, looking back and, mm-hmm. and this obsession with looking at a screen um, constantly. And it does, it does sort of, yeah, puts it a bit under the spotlight and, and makes you think, oh, hold on a minute. This is what could happen if you get too obsessed with it. So, yeah, I would I would recommend The Circle. Um I forgot my list now. I've got Chuck, which is also known as The Bleeder, which is out on DVD and Blu-ray next week. Um, it follows the story uh, okay. of Chuck Wepner. He's the boxer that the oh. Rocky was based on. Now, Yes, I've, I've listened to a, a um, an interview with him. Um, I listened to a boxing podcast, um, which is by the BBC. Hmm. Um, and the, the the two people is uh, Mike Costello, who's a great commentator on the boxing and the athletics, I have to say, um, and uh, Steve Bunce. And um, they had a show and it was... Um, uh, they did like a bit of a, a sort of a, a look back at Rocky and his influence on boxing in general and Stallone's induction into the Hall of Fame, um, you know. And they uh, spoke with Chuck Webner, who um, I, 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 he sounds like a really interesting guy. I mean, oh, like yeah. I said, it's kind of like Amazing based on life. 
Rocky's based on uh, the, story, the, the the fight he had with Ali. He's total underdog, uh, and you know, uh, you know. So that's where Rocky came from. He also fought um, two bears, from what I understand, mm-hmm. uh, like yeah. actual real bears. Yeah. Um, you know, and <laughs> he, he, he's just a tough son of a bitch, really, in terms of his boxing. Not not a particularly outstanding boxer, but just a really tough guy. He went, yeah, um, he went fifteen rounds with uh, Muhammad Ali. Yeah, and and but at the same time, then he, um, he had early well, sued Stallone, didn't he, uh, for uh, well royalties, I guess, mm. if you want, because of saying that his character was based on him, um, and and you know, I think Stallone even kind of like said that. Uh, went to, he, there was no secret about that, you know. He, he, I think Stallone even told him that that was the case. And I, I heard in this interview that Stallone was going to try and well, there was talk about him putting him in some of the later Rocky movies, and that never happened. And then the lawsuit came into play, and they settled out of court for, um, you know, well, he describes it as a comfortable figure. You know, he's not going to be short of money anytime soon. So um, whether that's taken the shine, and I know there's a, uh, the guy I talked to about boxing and stuff, that's kind of soured his, you know, kind of thoughts on Chuck Webner because of how he, you know, he, he, what he did to Sly and everything. Mm. I, don't, I don't know how you feel about all that. But I knew that because they were taught, this was, this interview was, um, came out around the time that they were making the film and it was going to be released um so i think it was last year that this interview i listened to came out but yeah it's it's really good obviously it's got the added bonus of you know the the link with stallone and rocky and all of this um i am going to do a special show all about it with mike kunder who i did again long time listeners will know i did um, a show with him um and we, we i went on his well, me and Tina went on the, the, the Rocky tour with him in Philadelphia for my 50th birthday a couple of years ago. Yeah. Uh, now, Mike has got a very, very close relationship with Chuck Webner. Ah. Which I'm not going to go into now. I'm just going to tease it for the show that me and Mike are going to do. But believe me, we're going to talk about the film. We're going to talk about Mike's relationship with Chuck. Uh, and I can guarantee people that you're going to hear stories about Chuck Webner that you're not going to hear anywhere else. Wow, that's awesome. So, yeah, that, that's a, a good show to look forward to. So, again, we're going to get that sorted in the next month or two. Um, what was the film like, though? Because uh, it, it was really good. I bloody Lee, loved Lee it. Lee Schreiber, does he play him? He or plays is Chuck, he, is yeah, he, he plays Chuck yeah. in it. Yeah, yeah. And the stuff that goes, I mean, what a life. What an, what an amazing life. And, he does, you know, it's it's that sort of character where, he, you know, he does fuck it up for himself quite often. Um, but, yeah, if it, you know, as far as lives go, it was... Yeah, you wouldn't mind living that one, that's for sure. <laughs> the yeah. stuff that he does. But it's, it, it is a really good move in itself. Uh, and again, I'll, I'll get more in-depth with it with uh, with the show with Mike. But if, if you want to watch it before I record that show with him, please do. And it, it is recommended. Uh, oh, I forgot, I'm just looking at the stuff. I've got a few. Documentary filmed in Super Marionation is the one all about Jerry Anderson, um, Joe Knighty, Thunderbirds, all of those absolutely incredible again i grew up with them um if you don't know jerry anderson and all those super marionation tv shows probably not for you but if you're listening and you do it's an essential watch hmm. i think uh, we all grew up with those i mean in this country anyway, in the didn't, UK, we? didn't we yeah joe 90 stingray thunderbirds oh. uh terror hawks um oh yeah because uh i 
I wrote a review of um, Terror Hawks. Yeah. Terror Hawks, wasn't yeah, it? You and did. you did the UFO invasion UFO, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I mean, classic, you know, kids stuff, wasn't it? Just you know, I love Joe Knighty. Oh, yeah, it's brilliant. Captain Scarlet, scary. Oh yeah, got <sighs> scary. Um, the voice of the Mysterons. Uh, documentary, uh, essential documentary, scary documentary, Chasing Coral from uh, this year. Uh, it's it, well, it is it's it's documentary all about the coral reefs across the world, um, how they're eroding, the effect that has on the planet. Um, I'll leave it at that. Watch it. I mean, it does again. It's one of those ones. I think I'm pretty sure it's Netflix, not Amazon. Yeah, it's uh, a Netflix original. Yeah, yeah, HD. It looks amazing, mate. As well, you know, if you've got if you've got HD TV, it looks absolutely incredible. Scary to watch. Mm. <laughs> Very scary to watch. And I, you know, if you've got any any love for the planet that you live on, watch that and have a think about what they say. I mean, yeah, there's all sorts of scaremongering going on with all sorts of stuff, but this is sort of some of it's, you know. You can't argue with it. You know what I mean? It's just, yeah. just watch it. Um, and then finally, I think this is the final one before we have our quick break. Yeah, it's my movie recommendation of this episode, mate. Ooh. Watched it last night. It's two and a half hours, <laughs> which is, well, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, Guy Pierce is in it. Now, for me, Guy Pierce is a sign of quality. Which you know you think well, he's come from neighbours, and I, I think, <laughs> I've probably said it before that we tend to watch everything that is in because I can't really think of anything really shit that he's been in. Most of the stuff he's in is is like really really good. Mm. Um, Kit Harrington from Game of Thrones that you talked about earlier, he's in it. Oh yes, yes. Um, who apparently Tina informed me is Jon Snow. That's right. Yes, uh, Dakota Fanning, King, King of the King of the North. Is he King of the North? Yeah, uh, <laughs> Dakota Fanning. It is now. This is, I don't want to give too much away at all. It's um, it's sort of reverse narrative. It begins at the end and then it flicks. It, it plays a segment of what happens like at the end of these people's lives. Then it goes back and it plays a bit of what happened in the middle of these people's lives. And then the third bit is what happens at the start. So then at the end of each of these sections, they obviously they flow into the scene you've seen previously. And then it finishes, it goes back to play another end section. Okay. Uh, Sounds a bit memento-like, which is another yeah, film I've seen. Yeah, it is. Um it's set in the West. It's basically Guy Pierce is this um, preacher. It's written and directed by Martin Koolhoven, which I hope I've pronounced right, who's from the Netherlands. Uh, and Guy Pierce plays uh, a character called the Reverend, who, who's from there, who comes across to America and sets up this community of people. Uh, and, you know, under God, and he's preaching to them. Never, and I put I put this on um, Instagram and Twitter. In all my years of movie watching, mate, never have I despised a movie character as much as the Reverend in Brimstone. Really? Oh my God, he is—he's awful. It, this film is like make sure. I mean, I know it's two and a half hours. Factor in that when it's finished, leave yourself half an hour to put a comedy on. 
just to have a laugh <laughs> <laughs> and have a shower because you're going to feel really dirty after you've watched it and depressed as well. And that's probably going to put a lot of people off. But it's 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 so it's epic. It's it's oh, it's harrowing. And, and you, it's like, oh, my God, the stuff. I mean, there is some graphic gore in it, but not not, you know, too over the top or all the way through. It's very slow paced. If you want a big action movie, well, then don't watch it. It's all about the characters and this slow, evil build up of this character of the Reverend um, and and his wife, the the relationship with his wife and his daughter and the life that his daughter has. And again, I don't want to say too much, please, right? This is another big thing. Don't go and look at the trailer for it. Go, Please go into it, like me and Tina did, knowing nothing about it whatsoever. All you need to know about it is me going, watch it. <laughs> please watch it, because there's been few, few films that have had a real sort of I don't know, it's such a deep effect where it's like mm. now 24 hours later it's like I'm still thinking loads about it um, yeah it's it's a tough watch but it's a very rewarding watch. it's one of those I know we've mentioned Jerry from Bad Cop Bad Cop earlier and I know he loves westerns and he reads a lot about them and listens to podcasts about them and so on um, I'm sure if Jerry hasn't watched this he will love it I'm sure he will love it. It's set in that era and, and just people that are, just don't give a fuck, especially this reverend. <laughs> and you're going, oh, my God, you can't believe what he's doing and what other people around him have to do to survive. Yeah, it's uh, that's my that's my movie recommendation. Mm. Brimstone. It's not apparently it's not out in the cinema over here until um, September this year. But it was out in America in April. It's it's I want DVD and Blu-ray. You know, you can buy it. Yeah, came out in 2016, <clears throat> didn't it? So yeah. it's um, yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, September the 29th. I've just looked now in theaters over here. Mm -hmm. mm. So yeah, there you go. Just like I say, just watch something funny afterwards. <laughs> wow, sounds good. Mm. That's a nice eclectic mix, as always. As always, yes. So shall we take a little break? Oh, definitely. Right, what we're going to do is we're going to go off and do whatever we do when we have a break. We're not going to give too much away. Um, we're going to play a piece of music now, which does link to what we're going to talk about afterwards. Uh, it's a song by Bigfoot, a band that you've heard me talk about in Hard Rock Hell shows. They've got their new... Um, and of course, me and you went to see them, Chris, didn't we, a few months ago? At, yes, um, fantastic at band. In, in Wolverhampton, yes. yeah, yeah. Their new, well, their first full-length album, they've got two EPs out that I've constantly gone on about and told everybody to buy. They've got their first um, LP out in October this year. Uh, I will be doing a soundcheck interview show with them, which I'm very excited about. So while we take a break, you can listen to a song from one of their previous EPs, and it's called Blame It On The Dog. It's a, a lovely little song. Fire, 
Right, that was Blame It on the Dog by Bigfoot, which <laughs> I've, uh, I've said before. I said that lyrically, it's not going to win any any awards. Um, musically, oh my, I love it. I love all the breakdowns in it and that sort of um, shaft, 1970s shaft guitar and everything in it is, is brilliant. Uh, I'm so looking forward to the new album. I really am. And yeah. they played, when we saw them, they played a couple of songs from it. Oh, God, I can't wait. And they are. Bigfoot are the, are the band which which really did kick off my sort of renewed love of uh, of like rock music now and made me aware that there's so many great bands, especially like you said, you know, with like UK bands out there that that need more publicity. Uh, and thankfully, you know, th- these guys have got the record deal with, with Frontiers Music and yeah, they deserve to go a long way. So, yeah. Definitely, get ready they're for, great. Get ready for the sound check interview show with them. Oh, can't wait for that yeah. one as well. We should do. Oh, actually, oh, we should do a special one because they're from Wigan. We should sort out that we should both of us meet the band in a pub somewhere and record it in a pub. We should do something a bit different <laughs> like that. I reckon. Yeah, <laughs> would be a good way cool. to do it. <laughs> uh, so yeah, you said at the start, mate, we're, we're going to be doing something a little bit different in the entertainment shows now. So um, yeah, welcome, welcome to the. I don't know what we're going to call it. The, the feature part. Yes, the, the presentation feature. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So in this <laughs> so one... See, all that stuff we've talked about was just trailers. This is actually the, Yeah, this is it. <laughs> the, you know, the... the uh, let me just hover over the time. The two hours and 19 minutes of <laughs> trailers. <laughs> oh. Um, well, we did. What did we do? We did, we did talk off air for about a quarter of an hour, I think. So, oh, this is true. So, yeah, so it's going to be like the two hours preceding. About, um, yeah, yeah. Adverts for your local Indian takeaway. Um, <laughs> and then <laughs> remember that. Do you remember that at the cinema? Adverts for that before oh, yeah, the films. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, you know, your yeah. local Indian and all of this kind of stuff. Then, you know, the, the university and this, that and the other. Yes. Yeah. Then and the Queen would appear on a horse and everybody would stand up. I remember that one. 
I don't see. I don't remember that. Yeah. Um, obviously, Pearl and Dean. Uh, you know. Yeah, all that yeah. kind of stuff. Uh, the intermission sometimes, and you get an ice cream. Oh, the ice cream. This is it. That's what we did, actually. While the music was playing, we went off and got uh, an ice cream. Yep. Yeah. Intermissions. Crazy, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> so we've got we've got a movie and a documentary um and like you said at the start mate you sent me a big list of stuff you hadn't seen um i narrowed it down to four i think it was that i hadn't seen and you put it into the old randomizer didn't you yes so um if you go onto the internet and you type in randomizer uh you can literally you know it's kind of just a lot lottery you know it, a little pick one of the things that you type in whatever it is uh and on top of that list came out um a film from 2016 and it is the reimagining sequel reboot whatever you want to call it to um blair witch hmm. well sorry the blair witch project it is actually called blair witch um so they dropped the and project and it's just called blair <laughs> So, anyway, um, so yes, from 2016, um, starring nobody that I've ever heard of, I have to say, or seen in anything else. Um, however, since found out that it's directed uh, by the uh, directing and writing team of Adam Wingard and Simon Barrett, who directed a film that you talked about a long time ago when we first started doing these shows called The Guest. Yeah. Uh, which I think you liked quite a lot at the time. Yeah. Um, and they also did uh, VHS and Your Next. Um, I, I don't think I've seen Your Next, but I'm sure that stars somebody you've interviewed. Um, Barbara Crampton. Yeah, she's in it. She is in it. Yeah. Yeah, she's really yeah. good in it as well. It's a good film. It's a good film. Is it? Yeah. So, um, you know, they, they've already carved a, a decent career, I think uh, it's fair to say, with th those films. Uh, so they didn't necessarily have to make Blair Witch, did they? I mean, it's it could have been, um, well, it, almost like a, an opportunist kind of, you know, it let's capitalise on something that was really popular uh, and make a film out of it, you know what I mean, to try mm. and make our names. Because they'd already made some some good stuff prior to that i think it's fair to say um so you know um and i think it's it's been announced anyway according to imdb that they're going to be doing godzilla versus kong or at least adam wingard is going to be directing oh, okay. it uh so see how that one goes um so i mean i say i haven't seen the guest or your next so you know this was my first experience mm. of of one of their films um according to metacritic it uh it's got an average of 47 based on 41 critics. Let's just have a quick look at the top ones. Let's let's steal the old game burst. Yes, why not? Uh, why not? Fuck it. So um, total film uh, said Wingard and Barrett's surprise and surprise and uh, surprisingly strong sequel earns its scares. An effective follow up to a film that can't be matched. Uh, a bit further down there, Empire gave it a bit of a middling review, said, Effectively scary and occasionally inventive, Blair Witch is a solid genre film, both helped and hindered by its franchise's place in cinematic history. And then towards the bottom end of the scale, The Guardian said, If the Blair Witch Project signalled a new dawn of horror... Blair Witch is the loud death rattle of a once <laughs> exciting subgenre disappearing into the darkness. Um, right at the very bottom, Rolling Stone said, um, 
Every attempt at fright lands with a deadening thud. For shock value, Wingard and co-writer Simon Barrett simply repeat stuff from the original film, only this time louder, lamer, duller and stupider. Uh, scarier? That's got, that got lost in the woods with whatever you spent for a movie ticket. So, yeah, mm. they, they weren't a bit down on it. Um, just to go back a little bit to the Blair Witch Project, project from 1999, um, what are your thoughts on it? Uh scary film or pretentious bollocks that made you sick no i enjoyed it i thought um because of the time that it was made as well there was still a not a lot of people online although you know the internet as we know it now was a thing the the, the beauty of it was the way that it was marketed yes and yeah. you know they set up the website and everything as as though it was real and these vhs tapes had been found um and it was it was the marketing campaign that made it and sold a lot of people into the fact that this is proper found footage and as, as although it wasn't the first proper found footage uh, movie that was made you know there was a couple before then this mm. was the one that really kicked the genre off because of the way that it was marketed and it got you know that traction um and people, you know, and it, the paper, even the like the newspapers. I don't know if you can remember latched onto it. Um, and I remember like when Alien came out in the seventies, and there was this double page spread in one of the tabloids of like this cinema audience screaming, and it's going, "This is the scariest film ever made." Um, and it was like that when Blair Witch came out, and there's you know there's people being sick and the people running out, and this did happen, and what's happened to these, you know, it would these. I was going to say actors, but there were, you know, there was people thought they're not actors. It's real people, mm. people, you know, this has happened to, um, to real people. And that was, the, that was the, the beauty of it. Um, no, I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was really good. The end, um, I guess we can give spoilers away, can't we? Chilling. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just again, it's that whole, I always go back to with like horror movies and stuff. Don't, don't show me everything suggest what might be there and let my yeah. imagination do the rest because i will always imagine my worst fear yes so if you do that across your whole audience everybody is just imagining their worst fear so you can relate to that a lot more rather than showing the whole damn thing and it might scare a certain proportion of people but a lot of people will go well, that's not scary is it <laughs> and the blair witch did that it sort of locked into that um, of we'll just show you a, a little bit, but not too much, which was really good. And I think that's possibly one of the failings of the, the well, failings is perhaps a, a strong word, but one of the, the the things that lets this reboot, whatever you want to call mm. it, down a little bit. But we'll come to that in a bit. Yeah. I mean, if you think, I mean, like, I, I mean, I'm with you. I think um, I, I didn't watch it at the cinema, but it's one of those films that I remember reading about in Empire magazine, um, and because there was a lot of talk about it making people sick not because of the horror but physically motion sickness because yeah, it's shot yeah, with yeah. handheld cameras i didn't have any problems i mean i watched it on dvd i remember um importing it on region one which i've still got um and on that dvd is like a, almost like a fake documentary uh, of what you know the, the the legend uh you know of this this killer he, he made his victims face the wall uh you know whilst he was murdering 
children and other things like that um and yeah it was it was that phenomenon was that it was literally a phenomenon there was that you know it was mm. i don't think there was anything like it around the time thinking about it as well 99 there was some amazing stuff coming out in cinema I mean, like your fight club the matrix um the sixth sense was was uh you oh, know around so there's some incredible stuff coming out around 99 but yeah i mean I, i'm with you i thought it was um really quite chilling um particularly the ending and um you know i think that the thing about it was that kind of although it was um you know kind of a film obviously they planned to go into the woods and that you know that but the makers of the film um they were setting things up that they didn't that that the actors didn't know was going to happen so they were genuinely scared yeah you know And, and if you think about it i mean even if you kind of you know, if, if me and you went out into the woods behind where you live and we knew that, there's, that you know, say Tina was going out there and she was going to be setting up little things for us and trying to scare us, we'd still be genuinely scared. Oh, you would I would, be, yeah. I would imagine. Yeah, you know you what would. I mean? Um, You'd let your think, imagination just sort of run away with you a little bit, wouldn't oh, you? Oh, fucking hell. You know, I wouldn't sleep. You know, you wouldn't <laughs> sleep because, you, well, you wouldn't know if it was Tina or if it was somebody else or yeah. if somebody there was coming to... You know, bugger us or something like that, or, <laughs> <laughs> which is you know, all possible, I guess. But um, especially in Wales, good God. Well, yeah, you know, lots of sheep and stuff. You know, <laughs> save the time and trouble of chasing after a sheep. Yes, yeah. uh, you've got a, a, a prone target. <laughs> Obviously, I'd have legged it and left you there. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean, so for me, it can, and that kind of added to its air of. Um, you know, authenticity almost, you know, that it kind of did feel real. And, and I always think not only the the final scene, uh, but the the scene where the, uh, the woman, um, Heather, uh, no, that's her real name. What was her name in the film? Um, oh, bugger. doesn't matter. Anyway, she's kind of like, she's lost her companions and she's just speaking to the camera and she's crying you know and she's terrified and she looks terrified and it just looks so real you know and, and it, it was hugely um successful in terms of financially it, it, for, for yeah, such a yeah. minuscule budget um i think it's sixty thousand dollars it grossed nearly 250 million which it's in crazy, some ways you could it? argue it kind of kicked off the um you know, independent cinema in some ways, mm-hmm. or at least highlighted the fact that you could spend relatively little money on, and if it catches fire like this did, you, you can make a fucking huge amount of money. Definitely. Uh, um, I didn't watch the sequel, Book of Shadows. I'd heard it was bollocks, so I just avoided it completely. Really? You know what? And it does get slated everywhere. <laughs> I quite enjoy it. I've really? seen it. Okay. I, I've definitely seen it three times minimum. Yeah, and I know it got slated quite a bit because it was filmed like as a traditional film um, instead of like, you know, the found footage point of view stuff. Uh, and it was, you know, characters that had watched it. It sort of it, it took the first movie and said, OK, these are characters now that have seen that and they've come to where it was filmed and what's happening. Um, and generally, yeah, it just gets slated by do quite enjoy it. I guess if, if anything could be called a guilty pleasure it is Book of Shadows for me. Okay, so um, Blair Witch, um, like I said, how would you describe it as a a sequel, reboot, um, reimagining? No, it is a sequel, isn't it? Because the guy is is um, it's his sister Heather, isn't it? It's his sister. So he's going. So the events in the original Blair Witch have happened. It sort of discounts Book of Shadows, I guess, in a way. 
Yeah. Um, but then they're going back into the woods because this tape has been found, and he then this I forget the name of the character, but he's trying to find out what has happened to his sister um, through the evidence of this new tape. Let's go back into these woods and see what we can find. So it's a sequel. It's a sequel, and also sort of a. a a reimagining as well in a way it, it links it, it does link the two together it retreads similar ground i yeah, think it's fair to say yeah. doesn't it you know they go into the woods uh everything appears to be normal um i think there's more of a supernatural element to this one than there yes, was the there first is. one yeah. i mean you get the sort of like the creepy little wooden uh you know the the twigs that are tied mm. together um uh, that are sort of there still but there's definitely more of a supernatural element that wasn't necessarily in the first one yeah. um there's more sort of body horror in this as well isn't there yes with yeah. some of the things that happen with like you know the the girl with the the thing in her foot and what happens when somebody gets one of the stick figures and snaps them backwards and one of the characters in the film does get snapped backwards in half yes um which i didn't see coming i have to say um i watched it in bed on the ipad with <laughs> earphones in uh or you know, okay. earplug, earplugs um and I have to say, the sound design, uh, or you know, the sound of it, is actually quite good. Um, it sounds really good, yeah. The, 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 I mean, I, I suppose my overall impressions of the film are that I, I thought I did, say, so quite enjoyed it. It was enjoyable enough. It didn't outstay its welcome. Uh, it's about an hour and a half, whereas I think the first film's like eighty-one minutes. Mm. Um, you know, because I suppose there's only so much you can do with a film where it's set in a, a wood um, and, you know, they're running away from an, an unknown force that's going on. There's an interesting idea in it in as much as the, the concept of time and it appears that they're just kind of lost in time and time shifts around them and yeah. uh, they don't know what's going on and, and time appears to be moving slower for others and faster for others. Um, and uh, there's a lot of jump scares Um a, a lot of jump scares really i think um where to a point where it, for me it kind of loses a bit of tension because there's the you know it's one after another to a certain yeah de- extent um and i the end the final 20 minutes kind of turns into resident evil 7 uh the, 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 you know the film because the majority of it is shot in first person and it's running around a house and there's stuff happening. Um, yeah. And, oh, God, what is it? Oh, PT. that The, the PT um, demo that was from, removed yes. from PlayStation. It was that where you're going along these corridors and it was like looping. You were going through the same corridors again and again, but different things would happen each time you passed a room. It was yes. that as well, wasn't it? Um, there's a bit where she's crawling through a tunnel, which I found incredibly claustrophobic. Yeah. I don't know about you. No, I, I did I, too, yeah. Uh, I, I was sitting there kind of holding my breath and it kind of reminded me of uh, that Neil Marshall film. Oh, fuck, it's gone out of my head. Um, where they're going spelunking, you know, kind of cave diving. Oh, yeah. Oh. And again, people are shouting ah. at us. People are shouting at us because there was a sequel made to it as well. Um, oh, uh, to the Google! <laughs> Go on, you keep talking. I'll look it up quick. Um, no, I'm looking it up. You talk. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I'll say. Yeah, I agree the descent, with... The Descent. The Descent, the descent yeah, which is yes. a good film as well. Now, now, I agree with what you said so far as well, mate. The sound design is really, really good. Um, jump scares, yeah. There's it, a couple you could get away with, and then it kept doing them. And I go, oh, for fuck's sake, just stop with the jump scares. You don't, you don't need them. You know, you, 
just instead build up this sense of imposing dread mm. that you know this thing that's coming um yeah I like the stuff with you know where characters split off from each other and each one was sort of within their own sort of time dimension where time was going at different speeds and they'd come back together and you know they to one lot of people an afternoon had passed and to another lot you know like five days had passed was really good uh, i did like at the end um where it sort of elaborated a bit more on the end of the original Blair Witch of where you've got people standing, you know, looking at a wall, close up to a wall. Because, yeah. you know, the whole thing is if, you know, if you, if you turn around and you look at the Blair Witch, that's when she can get you, you know, so you don't look at her. So the only way you can avoid looking at her is to face a wall. But then obviously you're stuck <laughs> staring at a wall. And, you know, there's one nice bit, which I have seen in other movies, to be honest, where, okay, so people use the camera that they've got for the POV shots and they flick the screen around um, and then point the camera behind them. So they're, they're pointing the camera behind them, they're looking at the camera screen. So they can then see behind themselves, but they're not looking behind them. Mm. Oh, and they were getting glimpses of the witch and so on. And then something happens, so they do actually turn around, um, which was it was kind of nice. It did put a little bit of a different spin on it. They did put a, they updated it to the fact, whereas they've now gone from VHS to, and it says at the start, you know, footage found from DV and SD cards. Yes. You know, so we we progressed to where we are now, which was oh, that's a nice little touch, and they've got a drone as well, and they get footage with a drone. Um, so they're using all all the you know the filming equipment that people have now. Um, but yeah, it didn't. It it added little bits to sort of the Blair Witch lore, which was set up in '99. But I don't know. Was it? it is it needed? Probably. Yeah. Probably not. Yeah. It, it wasn't terrible for me. No. Uh, it, it kind of. I think it was probably you know quite average to be honest with you. Like I said, it. You know, I, I enjoyed it. Uh, to a certain degree but then I kind of I think I lost a bit of patience with it and it turned mm. particularly the ending into just really I suppose a run of the mill horror film and, and that's where the, the beauty of the first one is that like we said it, you, it left a lot of uh, what was going on to your imagination whereas this kind of it did it was too over reliant on on jump scares and I, I think the sound design works so well is because just the general um, like the sound of like the cameras being shut off abruptly and un opened up abruptly was yeah. enough to make you jump, you know. And but I didn't really give a shit about any of the characters or anything. On no, I know uh, that's a really good point as well. Going back to like um, other stuff we talked about earlier, where you really care about the characters. I did. I like you. I didn't give a fuck about it. I thought, well, okay, you've died. Fair enough. <laughs> it yeah. didn't bother me who lived or died. Yeah, no, no, but it was okay. I'm mean, glad I watched it. I guess yeah, in some yeah, respects, because yeah. um, it's it's something I can say. Of, well, yeah, I've watched that. It's so uh, it was okay for hmm. me. It was, it's not the worst thing in the world, but it's I can't say. I'd, well, would you recommend it? Shall we pinch something from from your other show, The Eighties Picture House? <laughs> Is it a thumbs up or a thumbs down? Oh. I'm not having thumbs in the middle. I was going to say you hate thumbs in the middle, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> um, oh my god! If I can't if I can't have thumbs in the middle. I would no. I'd have to put thumbs down then. It'd stick with the original. It's um, yeah. There's there's no real need unless you're a total completionist to mm. watch this. Just watch the first one, really. I think I'm with you on that. Yeah. If if you put it like that, then definitely. 
um you know it's i think you, you've got to see the original to appreciate that yeah. but, but maybe better. time's moved on because there's been so many fan footage films since oh, then oh yeah i mean i do like i mean it's the genre has been done to death i do like the vhs series of movies and that you know that uses pov and i think there's some really good stuff in those which is far better than anything in this yeah you know it reminded me as well i mean i was never a massive fan of it because i didn't watch much of it but um peep show which used to be on channel four. Oh my god yeah i forgot to mention that that's one thing that's one thing. Because, because of the way use, they, yeah they use they a little talk to each um, other yeah yeah you know because just, they use the little tiny cameras, don't they, that clip yeah. onto their ears. Yeah. And, and so then it, they're cutting. I, oh, my God, I'm glad you said that, because I did think, oh, my God, this is like Peep Show. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> A horror version of Peep Show. That's it. Yeah. So there you go. That was mm. that first. So um, that was, um, I'll say my recommendation, but that was what uh, one of the things that was picked. And, and I guess that's how I'll do it again in the future. I'll just give you a list of things and then uh, the randomizable pick. Yeah. Uh, and I'll do, I'll do the same with you. You know, we'll pick something, and then we're you know we're both going to watch things that neither of us have seen. There you go. And so you went with <laughs> documentary. I did. I have to ask, how the fuck did you find out about this? Oh, okay. So you know, you know, and again, regular listeners will know of my love of documentaries. So I always skim through like Netflix and Amazon and go go to the documentary section and see what's up on there. Um, and then, yeah, the the poster for it come up and I thought, OK, I'm adding this to my watch list because it's called Fart, a documentary from, <laughs> from 2016. It's only 75 minutes long. Uh, and yes, it's a documentary all about flatulence. So, yeah, um, of what course. What made you think about watching this? <laughs> <laughs> Well, like I said earlier, you know, we do have quite a few listeners from the same coin, and I'm sure they're already up to date with um, you and Ben and Ditz and Adam and your anal adventures on that podcast. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, and I thought, well, and I, I did mention Fart on the, you know, let's let's go back to the soundcheck show that I did about the Warriors and, you know, talking about my dad, and, you know, he always said, you know, the day that you stop finding farts funny is that, the day that you forever lose a piece of your childhood and you know the, whenever he, he farted he always used to say that thing of speak up brown you're through that always used to make me laugh as a kid and <laughs> you know i find farts funny i don't care i'm 52 and i find farts funny there i've yes. said it <laughs> i um <laughs> this is the weird thing see and because i we do a little bit more so now but i don't fart particularly that much or that often in front of Kay. We do, which is so weird, because we've been together. This is, covered, this is covered in the documentary, though, isn't it? So it's I, good. Yeah, it's I, relevant. I know. I mean, we've been together for 13 years, you know, but we don't, I don't know, we just don't do it so much. But when we do, we have a giggle about it, you know, and it's kind of, it's funny and everything. But with Lucy, it's... Kids, mate. It's, Kids and farts, it, amazing. It's fucking hilarious, because she will do it, and we will all laugh. I will end up having a competition with her um we went on a we went on a bike ride it was a week because uh, she, she goes on a bike and i go for a jog with her so i'm jogging alongside her and uh, we went into the woods and then we play i don't know if you ever 
you've ever watched Peter Rabbit or, you know, Peter Rabbit, there's Mr. Todd, who's the fox and everything. And well, anyway, we're in these woods and I'm, I'm scaring her saying, oh, I don't know where we're going. We're going to get lost and everything. She's going, daddy, don't be like, anyway. And I was, Mr. Todd's coming to get you. (laughs) And I said, and I ran in front of her and I went, you know what Mr. Todd says, don't you? And she'll go, what? And I'll run up and I'll cock my leg up in front of her and go. <laughs> and she'll have, and now and again, it's kind of like goes back to one of the um, where I used to work. Um, it's funny how, how work changes, you know, um, particularly in sort of the, the field, you know, the area that I work. Uh, in as much as that, it's kind of you can see how, how t- times have changed. In as much as going back to sort of you know um, late nineties to early two thousands, there wasn't the sort of uh, you know the need for statistics and keeping records yeah. as there is now and everything else and now it's all statistically driven and you know numbers and all this that bollocks you know what i mean and you you end up doing reports that you'd never used to give a shit about and whatever and it just seemed like you, you know then was a lot more of a fun time to sort of like you know work and do different things and i'm sure a lot of people go through that and maybe as you get older it just life you know you you change and you know your job changes so you you have to be a bit more serious about stuff but the the one of the jobs i had um when i worked uh, at a place and it was a it was an office it was like a satellite office so you know there was a, a few people working there and, and it wasn't like a main building where there was hundreds of people there so and and i'd heard that the guy that i'd be working with he loved to fart he was he was known throughout the the company for farting uh and people called him windy mason that was his his name and uh well anyway um i'd started work on the monday and come friday he hadn't farted once and i thought well this is all bullshit obviously (laughs) And so, and, and well, anyway, um, because we all had, always had a sandwich on a Friday uh, in the morning, like, you know, bacon, sausage, egg, all that kind of stuff. Well, we just finished our sandwich. And, you know, next thing, you know, he sits up, sort of cocks his legs slightly and lets out a really good rasper. Um, and I laughed my ass off for like an hour, you know, and it's not, it's not like I've, ever, I've never heard a fart before, but you know, it's just, oh, it's so funny. And then after that, we'd have fucking farting competitions in the office <laughs> and, and like, cause where he sat, I'd walk past him and I'd back my ass up to him and I'd just let rip with some, or like I'd run, past him like a little fucking kid i mean we're, we're talking nine, uh, 99 2000 so yeah we're talking 17 years ago um and, and i should have known better really but i'd run past him and i'd cock my leg up and i'd fart in his face uh and he'd stand behind me because i sat by a window and and so like he'd come to sort of like look out the window um and then you know next thing you know it'd sort of like it'd just be like <laughs> kind of fart you know behind me and and it was brilliant you know and you kind of think oh I miss those days that was so much fun you know and we still see each other now he's 66 I think or 67 he, anyway, he's long since retired and um I saw him on Wednesday in fact and we always choke about it we always laugh um Did we you used fart to play in his face no, I'll, we still like I'll still fart in his car or I'll, I'll fart in my hand and cup it over his face <laughs> 
Because <laughs> that's what you do, isn't it? And, uh, my dad used to do that to me when I was a kid. <laughs> Fucking hated it. But, you know, it's, oh, God. And it, his farts always used to stink as well. But, uh, no, oh, and we used to play, um, uh, we'd get, like, a bit of foil because we sat opposite each other on, like, you know, two desks. And we get a foil, and so, like, um, we'd play, like, kind of hand tennis and we'd be batting this foil to, to one another you know like it was a little tennis ball as some of the things that we used to get up with we get the we get the pet like you know the marker pens and we'd um, play bowling with it in the office fucking hell oh the good old days oh, when you could have fun at work yes exactly yeah. um but uh, anyway, it was so. Yes, I, I mean, I like a good fart, as people well know, and you know. So I, I was quite looking forward to watching this. I have to say. Um, but what, did, what? Go on. What, what did you think of it then? Uh, yeah, it's only like seventy odd minutes. Um, so it's it, it's not too long. I know it. It's. I'm just going to click on IMDb now. It's currently a four point four, which is quite low. Mm. Uh, and I know a lot of people are sort of ripping on it for the people that they interview in it, and they're going, "Oh, why do you interview them? They've not got too much to say." And obviously, it's people that the filmmakers know, and they've got easy access to. And uh, as the people that they interview say quite willingly, they want to talk about farting, which is all right. Uh, I do love the stuff um, when they interview Mr. Methane. Yes. Who, for people that don't know, is a is a British guy uh, that can fart at will, and he can he can inhale air through his anus, <laughs> which is amazing. And then it fart. is amazing. And then farting yeah. tune as well. He puts talcum powder on his ass. So you can see <laughs> that he's actually farting, and he can he can fart tunes. He can fart like Happy Birthday, and anything basically. In the air tonight by Phil Collins. Yeah, oh, nice um, one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Don't stop me now, by Queen. Um, trying to think what else he was he was doing. How, how do you inhale through your ass? <clears throat> well, have you tried it? The way that he does it. Um, so he kind of like uh, he lies on his back and he puts his legs almost, you know, sort of by his his uh, his head, hmm. and he does it that way. Now. I've sort of done it the other way. We sort of go on your hands and knees. That sounds really fucking dodgy. Uh, <laughs> don't ask me why I thought that. And I was, there is, you can do a bit of. A, did you just snort? You can just, you can just. I've just got a vision of, of you. Play, were you naked at the time? <laughs> on your hands and knees. You can do a bit of a clenching motion, and if you do it, if you if you don't need a shit, or if you you know obviously because that's oh, not good. Dangerous, dangerous. Uh, if you if you do clench uh, properly, then you can. Well, I can anyway. Sort of do a sort of. It's not like raspers, but it is kind of like a bit of a, a suck, sucking air motion. Um, and it's sort of like you know. <laughs> oh, this I'm mental like, vision I've got now. <laughs> I, ha- I haven't tried it for a lot a while. I have to say. Um, don't ask me how I, I know about this or why I decided to try this one day. Um, it, it, yeah, it, I can't even remember. Um, it definitely wasn't being done up the arse at the time uh, or preparing myself for that. Um, <laughs> oh, God, it's so weird. I, doing podcasts, you know, you kind of I, you talk about some of the strangest things that you haven't even thought about for years. Exactly, and it's yeah. Like, okay, now, um, it is confession. I probably say a bit too more, much than I should, to be honest with you. <laughs> uh, but I can't help it. Uh, but anyway, um, 
Yeah, I mean, when I looked at the running time, I thought, oh, God, I'll play over for, like, you know, really quickly. Mm. Um, I, from my point of view, I have to say, it was funny for about 10 minutes or so, and then mm. it was intermittently funny. Um, and you'd think that, again, it, with it being all about farts, it would be hilarious, you know, because, I mean, I've just been talking about farting for the past 10 minutes, and it's, you know, you've been laughing, you know, and, <laughs> and, and I've been la- <laughs> laughing, you know, kind of recounting it. Uh, you know, and, and everything. Um, but I don't know. It just kind of, it was a bit one note for me. And it, it yeah. just did, you know what I mean? It, it, it was all right. But I don't think it said anything that I didn't know, uh, you know, or, or I don't know. It, it kind of almost put me off farting a little bit, kind of watching <laughs> it. Because, um, uh, you know, it, it, it's just, well, uh, I don't know. It's just funny. I don't necessarily need to watch a documentary about yeah. it. Because it didn't tell me anything new or well no i mean it, it, it does know. it, it I, comes up with all these sort of you know the history of farts and what makes a fart and all of this kind of stuff um yeah i agree with you i think it would have worked better as say you know like a channel four documentary where if you factor in the adverts it'd have been like 40 odd minutes long would have worked a lot better um yeah i did like the stuff with with mr methane uh, I did some of the facts that it gave out where it said that only one percent of your farts actually smell, and ninety nine percent don't. I thought, mm, really? Not in your case, obviously. No, no, it's probably the other way around <laughs> in my case. <laughs> That's what Tina would tell you, anyway. Um, yeah, there, there was some good stuff in it, but like you said, yeah, they did sort of retread the same sort of ground again and again and again. Which was unfortunate. Mm. But come on, it's about farting. So you can't go too far wrong. Mm. Yeah. But, uh, it, it, yeah. It, yeah. I, it, I'd give it a thumbs down if I'm honest with you. It's, uh, yeah, it, I think I would too. It, it, it was okay. Just, uh, but then I have to say as well, uh, its claim to fame is that it featured Wolverhampton in it. It did. I said that was it. I sent you a screenshot on WhatsApp, didn't I? I mean, th- imagine that. I mean, five minutes into it, and then you got um, Wolverhampton Town Centre. You think, hey, what are the fucking chances of that? You know, uh, you pick this documentary, and Wolverhampton's in it. Amazing. Okay. <laughs> Just and, down the road it, uh, from you. Yeah. Well, it got this guy. He sent like a brummie, to be honest. But uh, it's got this this lecturer um, who lectures at Wolverhampton University, and he mm. was talking about the history of the fart, the yeah. oldest fart recorded fart joke. Um, which, as he said, wasn't funny. I didn't get the context yeah. of it at all. So, but he wasn't. Anyway. He wasn't a lecturer in farting. Just in case anybody's wondering, he was. A, <laughs> he was a lecturer in creative writing. Oh, and well, I think one of the the units that they do was about humour, wasn't it? And so he, mm. he did this bit about farting. What about then, um, a proctophilia? A what now? A proctophilia. A proctophilia is. Um, when you find flatulence sexually stimulating. Really? That's what it's called. Ooh. Getting somebody to fart in your mouth or on your face and, and you get a hard on. Oh. Or, you I've, know. I've just typed that into Google. That was a mistake. Fuck yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, there's a few things. I read, I'm not going to read it out now, but there, there is a really funny um, thread on Reddit about farting and sexual stimulus, which, which is like, what the fuck? How weird who is that? thought of that in the first place? It's like, oh, come on, yeah, fart in my mouth. 
God. Mm. Oh. But uh, yes, uh, an interesting idea, but it kind of ran out of. It could have been better, mate. It needed us to make steam. it. Yeah. yeah, definitely. You know. Mm. Yeah, but now Mr. Methane, I think he's, uh, you know, people check out some of the stuff he does on YouTube. He's he's, he's made a living out of it, hasn't he, really? Oh, my God, you can make a living out of farting. You've not done anything too wrong, have you, as well? (laughs) I'm I'm so glad they mentioned Lepetamine as well, uh, because if anybody had... Lepetamine is, you know, a real-life guy from from France um, Mm. in the last century. Well, no, two centuries ago now, actually. Uh, The 1800s. it was a short film starring Leonard Rossiter, and I've watched it once a long time ago. Oh, God, no, you've mentioned that. That yeah. rings a bell, actually. And I yes. can't remember a lot about it apart from laughing like fuck while watching it because it's Leonard Rossiter and he's farting all the way through it. So it's like, oh, yeah, this is great. And it's so difficult to find. Um, yeah, I'm going to have to actually look for it when we finish recording now i think hmm. but yeah lepetamine there's another recommendation with leonard rossiter if you can find it that's really good oh my god that yes that's um god that, that i hadn't thought about that for bloody years oh god <laughs> ray galton and alan simpson mm-hmm. wrote it flipping heck yeah. um but yeah i mean obviously they reference as well the scene in blazing saddles you know which yeah. is fucking hilarious you know yeah. it is it's so but yes, uh, not not one for me. Or oh, two, well, two thumbs down, unfortunately. We've not done well, have we, in this sort of, you know, <laughs> the first the first try of this new section. <laughs> Never mind. I'm sure they'll, something will come up next time when we yeah. do we'll, DVDs. We'll have a discussion in uh, behind the scenes of, of stuff we haven't seen and pick 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 some stuff. Well, that's just the way it goes, isn't it? You know, we're, we're not going to know whether it's going to be decent yeah, exactly. or whether we're going to like it, you know. Yeah. So um, it's that's the look of the draw, I guess. Yeah. And it's a good way to watch something that we've never watched before. Yeah, of course. Maybe maybe listeners want to send us some recommendations and, you know, there might be something on there that neither of us have seen and we could pick I'll something. S- yeah, I'll stick it on the randomizer. Yeah, do that. So if you want to send us something, um, yeah, well, here you go. Seamlessly, yet again, mate, here's the way that they can do it. Oh. oh, they can they can um, they can email us, which is contact at sixty minutes with or you can go to our website, which has lots of new uh, reviews. Once again, on it, there is a contact us form on there that you can t- uh, email us via. Uh, you can contact us via Twitter, which is at sixty minutes with, and we've had an amazing response to our Twitter only competitions that've been going in. Uh, all you need to do is just press retweet, and that's it. And you've got a chance to win. We've been giving away DVDs and Blu-rays lately, haven't we, as well? And mm-hmm. a load of PC codes that you've had for video games. There's, we've been giving away a shitload of stuff. Yes. Uh, Instagram is at 60 Minutes With. Facebook.com slash 60 Minutes With as well. All those ways that you can get in touch with us and send us the recommendations. Um, again, on the website, there is the Amazon link. Every review that we do, there's you can click on the link and buy it direct from there. Um, or you can buy anything from Amazon. And again, what we do with those, we get a little kickback from Amazon if people buy through the website. Uh, you do not spend a penny more. We cannot see who you are or what you're buying. Um, and every penny that we get from that, we're giving back to all of our listeners with more competition prizes. So mm. nothing to lose. All you've got to do is one extra click onto our website first. Um, for you, Chris, on Twitter. Uh, I'm at Dastardly Jabby. And I think that's it, isn't it? 
I think so. I mean, yes, it's a it's a good length of a show, I would yes, say. It is. It is a very good length, as we always do. We're, <laughs> we're renowned for our length. We are girthy and lengthy. Lengthy and, yes, and farty in this one as well. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Right then. Um, okay, let's let's just bugger off until next time, shall we? Mm. Yes, let's bugger off. I was, I was trying to squeeze out a fart to finish, but I, I would feel I would shit myself, <laughs> so I won't. You should try bending over on all fours. Oh, yeah, let me get naked. <laughs> Hang on a second. <laughs> that was just a double squeaker. You were missing one. Oh, dear. It's funny because after watching that documentary and then uh, he- reading or hearing that there's particles in your fart. So I was oh, like, oh, no. I just farted in my own mouth. <laughs>